participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome. That was the remix. That was the Mace remix. You can go Welcome Back Cotter, old school 1970s, or you could go Mace 1998, 1999. Regardless, we are back, my friends. It is so good to be back. First time I am in this studio since, I do believe, the August 14th episode. Of course, we had the August 16th episode. And who could forget the episode post-UFC 292? I was there with a massive smile on my face watching GC sit in this chair, watching New York Rick. Over there, in a chair over there, host the show for two-plus hours. I mean, it was unbelievable. I uh, I chimed in for a little bit, but other than that, 
they had the whole thing locked down. Great conversation. Ad reads. The ad reads probably made me the happiest thinking about just passing those off forever and ever. But it was just great that the boys did that. They uh, they righted the ship. Dare I say, did a better job than I. And we took a little bit of a hiatus. Now, we could have come back on Monday. It was Labor Day. We have to honor these holidays. So here we are, my friends. For the first time since August, I do believe the 21st, back in your lives, and it is so good to be back, and holy smokes, a lot has happened since I last sat in this chair, and, you know, MMA, no off-season, no breaks, we're back at it this weekend. It's UFC 293. Not only is it UFC 293, less than a month removed from 292, it's Strickland versus Izzy, it's Izzy versus Strickland, like a month after that fight was announced which is crazy. Usually it's, you know, two, three, four, five months of a runway. We're getting this fight now. I mean, Strickland's already down under, punching people in the face, insulting everyone. Izzy's over there doing his thing. We've got the chief support. Bam, bam, tied to Ivasa coming back, looking to snap his two-fight losing streak against Alexander Volkov. And yes, I am starting to insert that term, chief support, into the vernacular because I sometimes feel like co-main event is overused. So I'm going to try my best to... Uh, to muscle that one in. It's called Chief Support, my friends, the second-to-last fight on the card. So much to get to on this beautiful, somewhat hot Wednesday in New York City. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. Please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. A lot going on in the world of sports. Obviously, the NFL coming back tomorrow. Shout-out Buffalo Bills upcoming Super Bowl champs. Uh, you got the FIBA World Cup going on. How about Canada? Wow, making it to the semifinals earlier today, going up against Serbia at 4.45 a.m. on Friday. Can't wait for that. The potential USA-Canada finals matchup will be absolute theater at its finest, so we'll see, but you can get some action on that. I mean, the Premier League is back. How about Nottingham Forest with the big win over Chelsea? On the road at Stamford Bridge, of course, commiserations over Brendan Johnson leaving to Spurs. But wow, what a deadline day we had over at the city ground. Uh, so there's a lot going on, all to say college football is back, yada, yada, yada. Uh, a lot going on. Go to DraftKings, put in the code, the MMA hour. That lets them know we sent you. And uh, that's, that's good for you because you get a nice little sign-up gift. All right. Uh, Wednesdays, as you know, we like to shoot. We'll get to that. Thank you to moderator Lewis. And thank you, by the way, to everyone who has reached out over the last couple of weeks. You know, it's nice sometimes to know that uh, you're missed. You know, perhaps it's an ego thing, but uh, you know what they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I felt missed. I felt appreciated. People saying, where, where, where are you? When are you coming back? Have you, have you died? Have you fallen off the face of the earth? Have you given up on us? Have you quit? Have you disappeared? Like All these things actually in a roundabout way make us feel good inside and wanted and uh, warm and fuzzy. So I appreciate all those comments. Had to go away. Uh, had a lovely vacation. Ended on a bit of a sour note that ended actually in the end on a positive note. Uh, made a point to not carry my wallet on me throughout my entire trip. Put it in the hotel safe. And uh, as I'm leaving uh, to go back home, airport security put it in the bin, forget to pick up the wallet. Horrendous feeling, Frank, an absolute gut punch. Landing, and then I realized, wait a second, I don't remember 
putting my wallet in my bag. It's certainly not in my pocket. Where the fuck is my wallet? Horrible feeling. So then I'm sweating, I'm calling, I'm doing this, that, and the other. Uh, Call the airport, overseas airport, call the airport, no dice. But then on Monday, sitting around Labor Day with my daughter, I say, you know what, Claire? Let's call one more time. Call one more time, have the wallet. Unbelievable. That's exciting. Very exciting. Nah, I have to figure that out now. But just the fact that I know someone and not some, you know, shady character is walking around like it's in it's in sort of safe hands i mean i don't know how long they'll hold it for but i have to get a power of attorney and then a dhl or ups guy to come get it it's a whole you know it's it's a whole confusing situation but just the fact that it is located you know what i did afterwards i got those uh, apple fob things yeah i did the same yeah so did you set it up i did but you know it would have helped me a week ago um sort of Although, like, okay, you know that it's overseas, then how do you get it? So anyway, uh, it ended on a sour note, but then it actually ended on a positive note. It was a great time, and like I said, a lot happened, and I, we appreciate all the, the kind words. What are we doing on today's program? We're talking to some big names. We're talking to some big names because you know when we go away, we like to come back with a bang. Back into the show, we're going to speak to the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, who, of course, had that fight in Singapore against Max Holloway. What a scene that was. Fortunately for him, he lost the fight. Then he retired. And then as he walked out, the UFC um, you know, in-house DJ played his his famous walkout music, Zombie, 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 eh, 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 by the Cranberries. And it was just unbelievable. One of the nicest human beings in the history of MMA, one of the most beloved fighters in the history of the of the of the sport, of the company, uh, WC UFC legend. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that last fight saying goodbye, the future, all that and more. Look forward to that. Part of that will be joined by Platinum Mike Perry, who, of course, it was announced, is the backup fighter for the Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis fight, October 14th, Manchester, the Misfits prime card. Amazing that that, that, that press conference like ended in a very chaotic, intense way, uh, in large part because of John Fury, of all people. And then... Amidst the chaos, emerges Platinum Mike Perry as like the calm figure with his backpack on, just being like, Yeah, I'm the backup. And then he does the face off with Logan Paul. So we'll ask him about how this all went down, how he got the opportunity, all that and more. Stay tuned. Cheeto Vera is going to join us prior to that massive win for him against Pedro Munoz back in Boston, August 19th. Is he next for the new Bantamweight champion, Sugar Sean O'Malley? Seems like it. We love talking to Cheeto. We'll do so at around 2.30. At 2 o'clock, we'll talk to Sugar Sean. And you know, I always like to say, you know, people are always very eager. They're, 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 they're accessible. They come on the show. But then over time, some, not all, but some get less accessible, perhaps change, whatever. Sugar Sean O'Malley, not only has he not changed since he won the belt, he's still the same old accessible guy. I, I text him. He responds within seconds. He asks me to remind him. Every time I remind him, he acknowledges. These things may not mean something to you. They mean a lot to me. Trust me. And then this morning, he texts me. I see the text pop up, and I'm like, oh, God, here comes the cancellation, because that's always where my mind goes. And it's him telling me, hey, just want to remind you, we're talking today at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. That's the kind... I've never gotten that text before, especially not from someone who just won the belt and had his whole life turned upside down as, as a superstar now. So Sugar Sean O'Malley is going to join us at around 2 at 140. 
Jorge Masvidal, the face of Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. They have a big show coming up on September the 8th in Jacksonville. Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Doom. He'll stop by. Promoter Jorge Masvidal going to stop by. We're going to answer some questions throughout the show as well. But do you recall, my friends, back in 2014, after my wife and I welcomed our second baby boy to this great world, I took a bit of a break as well. And during that stretch, it was like a two-week break, and that was when we were only doing one show a week. There was a ton of things that happened, like just a plethora, an avalanche of things that happened in the world of MMA. And so when I returned, I tweeted the link out yesterday. When I returned, I I did a a song, a little number called The MMA Hours on Fire to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire, recapping, you know, the the Billy Joel song. I mean, it's just an absolute, who hasn't heard that song? And I was recapping all the things that happened in the world of MMA. And someone I do believe on Twitter, I don't remember who it was. My apologies for not remembering. But one of the regulars said, I think it may be time for a new version of the MMA Hours on Fire because a lot has happened since you guys lasted a show. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is a fantastic idea. This is a fantastic idea. And so... On one of the days where I woke up super early because I'm still a little bit jet lagged and my daughter keeps waking up at 4.30 for some strange reason, uh, I went to the computer and it just all came flowing out. Like I wrote this thing in two minutes. It all came flowing out and I have to say I am pretty excited about it all. The guys in the back have not heard it yet, right? No no one's heard it? No one? Uh, not at all. No one hacked my system? Nothing like that? Should we have? No, it's good to see you guys though. Thanks for everything. Yeah, Connor's really quiet these days. Yeah, why are you so quiet? Or is he not there? What am I supposed to have said? Hey, welcome back. It's good to have you. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, I said that in person. What do you want me to do? Get on the air and do it again? Yes. Yeah, welcome back. I mean, wow. Miserations. Pat on the back. <laughs> wow. Nice job on losing your wallet, man. I hope yeah. it hasn't been too stressful. It has been fucking stressful. Thanks for the, uh, yeah, the sure, thoughts. Sure. Well, good thing it balances out the, uh, you know, the three-week vacation. Yeah. What? What balances out? All the uh, you know all relaxation and everything on the vacation, and then it, and then it all goes stress. away. <laughs> it's, it's perfectly balanced. We're yeah, we're, we're there. It's the Thanos, you know the yeah, it's, perfect, yeah, it's yeah. all perfectly balanced. Well said, well said. Um, Welcome back, though, man. Welcome I appreciate back. that. Glad, kind of glad to be back. A lot yeah. of energy today. A lot of energy. Uh, we're excited. We're pumped. A um, couple glowberries in the system. I mean, shout out, go. Shout out, shout out. A lot has Wait, happened. Rick doesn't even say welcome back. Rick's here. Yeah. Wow, I, I honestly forgot guys. what Rick looked like. Wow, I've just look at been this texting. Guy. I mean, he looks great. Hell. I mean, every time the hair keeps getting better and better. What's going on now? A part? No, I need a haircut badly and a beard trim. So Saturday, uh, shout out I to like, Jesse. We're gonna we're gonna I get like taken care of. I like the hair. It's 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 you know what it is? It's it's Bam Bam esque. It's Tuivasa esque. Yeah, I mean, Tuivasa's hair is ten out of ten right now. I mean, it looks great. It really is on point. Uh, I um, look good at, to see you guys. No, Welcome it's back, good to be Eric. back. Yeah, you guys did such a great job. Tremendous. I mean, I was just watching that thing, enjoying with a massive smile on my face. Um, do you remember the 2014 MMA Hours on Fire? I rewatched it, and the best part is you just completely no-selling it the whole time. I didn't I didn't remember you no-selling it. Also, your hair is tremendous. You have the, the actual part in there. I think it's a shaved part, right? No, 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 no. That was the legit part. No shave. Yeah, this is just my real part. No, 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 not now. Um, back in 2014, you had like you had short oh, hair and you had the shape yeah. part. Oh, I was yeah, I was going for some stuff back you then. You had the for lineup sure. and everything. Um, I mean, it was it was class. That's a time I'd prefer to forget. Um, okay. I don't remember. I remember the song 
being performed, but I don't remember like any single thing that would have been in there. Like I don't remember any actual content of it. Really? You know what I mean? Oh, I rewatched it. Oh, I sent it to you guys. I guess you you couldn't be bothered to click on it, but uh, I rewatched it, and the stories. I mean, they're they're it's crazy to go back and look. It's like TRT has been banned, and Machida and Tito Ortiz is no longer Chris Cyborg's manager. I mean, crazy stuff. So obviously, none of that pertains to uh, 2023, September of 2023. But I did want to uh, recap it. Um, the, the the rules have changed as far as uh, YouTube is concerned. And so back then we played like a sort of instrumental piano lullaby version. I'm told now from Debbie Downer, Frank, that I can't play any of that for some strange reason because we'll get in trouble. So, and that's correct, yes? Yeah. Mm. Way to throw me out of the bus. Well, I mean, you're the audio guy, so you're the one to uh, break that bad news. We'll go uh, rogue here, and I'll just play it softly off my phone, very far away from the microphone, so we don't get in trouble, just so I can have, like, a roadmap. I need a roadmap here. You know what I mean? I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see if this works. Okay. Can you guys hear that? Yep. This is so Yeah, loud and clear. I mean, it's so bootleg that oh, I'm yeah, this off yeah. my phone. What a production we have here. Is, is, that a, that, is that the legit instrumental? I don't know. I found something. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited. Okay, so All right, it, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, guys. I understand that people come to us for the news. They come to us to stay uh, up to date, to keep abreast on all the things that are going on in the world of MMA. And there is a sense of uh, duty that we have. And I sometimes feel guilt when we take these breaks because I feel like I'm leaving you hanging. I feel like there are people out there like I don't know what's going on. What Sean O'Malley is the new champion? What is going on? MMA Hour is not here. I have no I have no idea what is going on. I have no compass, I have no I have no show of record. I have nowhere to go. I have no crutch. I have no warm blanket to make me feel better and make me uh understand, comprehend everything that's going on in the wild and wacky world of MMA. And so without further ado, for the next 2 minutes or so, I will bring you up to speed uh on everything that has happened in the wild and wacky world of MMA. All right, here we go everyone. Without further ado, it is an exciting time in the world of mixed martial arts, and I'm very happy to do this for all of you. What a great song this is, of course. The great Bill Joe. Let's go to this one. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I need to hear it a little bit, so I'm putting the microphone here. Oh, yeah. doesn't quite hit the same when it's not going through the headphones, but we're going we're gonna to work with this. You guys ready? Waiting on you. Let's do it. Sugar Sean's the new champ. Aljo had a brain cramp. Zhang Wei Li is still the queen. Gary's the Irish dream. Bantamweights are jockeying. Blanche Fiore lobbying. Max Holloway all class. Dylan Dennis still a nasty MMA hours on fire. We're the kings of pods and the 10-7 gods. Korean zombie, we love you. Serial gun, bienvenue. Thug Rose, get well soon. Paul Felder, see you soon. Platinum Perry's the backup. Chris Weidman, don't give up. Connor, where have you gone? Will you fight by New Year's Don The MMA hours on fire. We're the kings of pods and the 10-7 gods. The MMA hours on fire. We took a break, but we're back to base. 
PFL is making a push. Burgos and Cassius. Bellator's about to be sold. Mighty Mouse won gold. Izzy is down under. Strickland is still awkward. Shui Vasa, how'd you do? Dubois got screwed. Eubank Jr. got revenge. Valentina wants the same. Cheeto in action. What a beauty faction. Logan Paul is very mad. The Apex is still very bad. Sorry for the hiatus. Dennis, you're an anus. The MMA hours on fire. We're the kings of pods and the ten seven gods. The MMA hours on fire. We took a break, but we're back to back to back to back to break. The MMA hours on fire. We're the kings of pods and the ten seven gods. The MMA hours on fire. We took a break, but we're back to bake. Yeah. What do you say, guys? What do you say? Well done. I, I honestly feel like the acapella aspect of this like enhanced it like tenfold. Oh, wow. You know someone's going to put the really... real the real instrumental into that and I, I hate oh, to interrupt sure. Rick just because I finally get my opportunity to do this uh, how long did that take you? oh no I, I said yeah no I appreciate that it's very kind uh, yeah, to ask yeah, that yeah, question yeah. I mean that's just the ultimate show of respect I mean, honestly like how I I can't imagine that was a short two, two minutes it, it flew Shut out up. I swear two I minutes? Up, it flew out it was just like a, a like diarrhea of the mouth it was just like a I for one am proud come on what was your favorite part? Of you, mouth. Wow. What, what was your What was your favorite part? I mean, the Dennis, you know, <laughs> callbacks are probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably pretty up Rhyming there. Dennis with anus. Uh, now, Lo- Logan Paul is mad. Rhymed with uh, the apex is still bad. Was, yeah, was quality. Apex stuff. is still bad. Uh, I know Strickland home going is awkward. There was some good. Uh, there was some good stuff in there. You know which one? Which one I was really impressed by? PFL is making a push. Burgos and Cassius. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed uh, Rose Get Well Soon. Uh, Paul, Paul Felder Be Back Soon. Yeah, Love yeah. the rhyming, yeah, the same yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, classic yeah. Sometimes, stuff. Sometimes you got to do that. Kings of Pods, Ten Seven Gods. I mean, there's, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How many times did you rehearse it? You know, uh, not that much. Why? Does it seem like I should have rehearsed it more? I just imagine you were. I imagine you were in your drive in this morning and you were singing, singing. it to yourself the entire time. I sang it uh, for my kids, and they all told me that um, I shouldn't do this. Oh wow! But I told them that. Uh, you think they're watching right now? No, they're in school now. But um, and there's definitely no chance my wife is watching. But uh, they're they're they're. You know, they're usually my my sounding board when it comes to these things, and uh, I I told them I had to do it. And now, are you not caught up? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much covered everything. You should at the outro music. It's pretty much <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, Sugar Sean's a new channel. Actually, that that first line. Thank God, I actually uh, I actually rehearsed it a couple times because it it got deleted when I was cleaning it up this morning. But I remembered I had a a minor meltdown there right off the top. Sugar Sean's a new champ. Al Joe to bring him. I was skeptical. Gary's the Irish Dream, but now um, I'm the biggest fan. Uh, Max Holloway, all class. Uh, Dylan Dan, still in that. I mean, it's just it's good fun. It's good. <laughs> yeah, fun I think you did uh, Billy Joel proud there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, next um, to MSG show you go to, he'll call you out. Oh, that'd be tremendous. Bring you up on stage, and then you'll get to do a live rendition in the garden. Uh, so to 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 stay on this uh, train, uh, as far as uh, talking about things that have happened over the last uh, couple of weeks, I'm assuming some things will be uh, addressed. 
on today's segment of On the Nose. And so without further ado, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the weekend is tuning in. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA Yes. Fans. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has cha, cha, cha. to hear from the man himself, Ariel Helwani. Da, 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 from the da, 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 da. I mean, there was actually a few City. things that I could have also addressed. I, I, I kind of ran out of time. Get out of your seats um, and on your feet because here he is, Ariel. Did Hawaii. your kids ask who Dylan Danis is and why? No, no, they they know they know everything. Um, shout out to Ben the Bane. I wanted to get him in there. He's uh, fighting on the next Misfits card, amazingly against Anderson Silva's son. I mean, that might be the most shocking news of the actual uh, hiatus. Unbelievable. Hiatus, by the way, which rhymes with anus. I don't know if you know that. Um, let's go to the questions. Andrew Oliva, what a, what a first question. I probably should have addressed this right off the top. Ariel, how the hell you been? That's the first question. Tremendous. Uh, I've been great. Thanks for asking. I had an unbelievable uh, trip with my family, with my parents, with my siblings, uh, it was it was amazing. It, it felt good. You know, sometimes you go away. You're a little anxious. You're a little nervous. Will you uh, will you be forgotten? Will you be uh, out of the loop? All these things. But it was uh, it was nice to try and unplug. Uh, actually, you know, one of the great revelations of my trip, I was uh, I was not on the Eastern time zone. I was not in North America. And there's a good period there for the morning going into the. Um, you know, the lunchtime, post-lunchtime block where no one's bothering you. You're not getting a text. You're not getting uh, emails. You're not getting calls. You're not getting anything. Uh, and it made me think, man, I should live on this time zone, but, all, but do business here in America. Uh, I, did, I, did, uh, I did feel the pain of the um, overseas fans having to watch, you know, these pay-per-views overnight. That was that was tough. The pay per view um, in Boston, but then the Singapore and France cards; those were great. Those were perfect. Actually, I was back for the France card, but you know what I'm talking about. Singapore was tremendous, right in the middle of the day. So I've been great. I feel great. I'm actually going to Phoenix later today for another project, which I'll tell you about. Uh, it's actually a real sports uh, story, which unfortunately today was announced that uh, the show is coming to an end um, at the end of the year, which is just mind blowing. It's been around 29 years. HBO Real Sports hosted by the great Brian Gumbel, 29 years on HBO, HBO's longest series coming to an end at the end of the year. Uh, one of the great honors of my life is working on that show uh, as an intern in 2003 and then as a correspondent last year. Only one story of mine has aired, and that was the one on the World Series of Birding last summer. I actually have three in the oven. I have no idea now if all three are going to air by the time the show says goodbye. One... A thousand percent is going to air next month, and that's why I'm going to Phoenix tonight and then returning tomorrow. More on that later. Uh, but yes, exciting things. Happy, healthy, grateful, appreciative. It is good to be back. Uh, play Florida. How do we get to a place where Marab asking for a title shot for himself or an Alja rematch gets turned into a narrative of Marab not wanting the title shot? The fans seem to be listening to Dana, O'Malley, or both. Put on your promotional hat and tell Marab how to write this wrong. This whole situation, I mean, one of the great things about being away for a minute is like when these press conferences come out and then you're just watching them and you're wondering if you're living in some sort of bizarre world where people actually believe this shit and, and eat it up. Like you, you listen to Dana White talk about Marab and Aljo and you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? You, you, the, the situation has been rectified. 
Aljo's not the champ. You don't have to worry about this. Why are we now so worked up over the notion that Aljo and Marab don't want to fight each other? They don't have to anymore. Aljo's not the champ. Marab's not the champ. There's another guy who is the champion. And so that problem has been solved. And so you either want to give it to Marab or you want to give it to Aljo or you want to give it to neither of them. But why is he so worked up over the fact that these guys don't want to fight each other? And why in 2023 are we still talking about this? It's their decision. If they don't want to fight each other, don't make them fight each other. I mean, we always hear from the UFC brass and from any promoter, like, can't make the guys fight. All right, so you can't. So let them deal with the consequences. But now we're in a situation where Marab is saying, all right, I'm next. And Aljo is saying, Marab is next. What's the problem? And if they want to give him an immediate rematch, Aljo, which they probably won't, let's be honest, given his, his relationship with the brass and all that stuff, the whole thing is very easy. Now, if they go the Cheeto uh, direction, then it's still rectified. I don't understand, basically is what I'm trying to say, why the Marab-Aljo thing is still a thing. It's not a thing because Aljo isn't the champion anymore. So why are we still talking about this? Aljo is saying, give it to Marab or give it to me. But he's not saying we're not going to fight each other. Like, does the UFC, do they really, do they, do they feel the need? Does it have to happen that Marab fights Aljo now? Number one contender fight? Eh, I could see it if they weren't friends, but I could also see a thousand other people, maybe not a thousand, but at least two or three being very worthy of that spot as well. You want to go Marab, you want to go Sanhagen, you want to go Henry Cejudo, Cheeto obviously in the mix. That's at least four guys that could be the number one contender. And I'm not even talking about Aljo. I just don't understand it. What it really comes down to, I do understand it. The UFC doesn't like to be told, and Dana White doesn't like to be told what to do. And he doesn't like when fighters try to dictate, you know, their career, especially at top. This is why he's annoyed with Drickus Duplessis. I mean, the notion that Drickus Duplessis wouldn't be ready to fight two months after fighting Robert Whitaker, the second best middleweight on the planet, I don't know who, who could have predicted that. Wow, what a shock. That was a mistake. That fight was a mistake. And they had to go with Sean Strickland. But now they seem to be mad at DDP. And, you know, sucks for DDP. Uh, Hamzat may win on October 21st, and he may you know, be left on the sidelines. Or Paulo Costa may win on October 21st and he may be left on the sidelines. We'll see how that whole situation plays out. But you could tell Dana White is upset that he didn't take the fight. Dude fought two months ago. Literally two months ago. Less. July 8th. That was when he fought. And he fought Robert Whitaker and beat him. He deserves a bit of a break and he deserves a proper training camp to fight the best middleweight on the planet. But they don't like when you try to tell them, when you try to, you know, it's like, no, we got our thing and you're either going to fit in this slot and, and if you're not, the train is going to move along and sucks for you, peace out, we're out. It's just the way it is. It's the way it's been. Uh, look at the history of the UFC with John Fitch and Josh Koscheck and Roy McDonald and GSP. Uh, DC got ahead of it and moved down because he didn't want to fight Kane, but this has always been the thing and it just annoys them when you try to... Uh, when you try to dictate or you try to make the situation work out for you, it doesn't sit well. The beauty of the Aljo situation from the UFC's perspective is he's no longer the champ. So this isn't an issue anymore. The problem has been solved, yet for some reason, it's being painted as an issue. I don't understand why. Uh, Abey, hello, Ariel and crew. Eugene Behrman said recently, DDP's taking a shot for granted and now shouldn't sit comfortably thinking he's next given how fast things change in the UFC. Is he right, or does the rivalry need settling? Secondly, okay, let me answer that. The rivalry needs settling. The problem is he fought in July, and this show was in 
This whole thing was kind of botched. Now I say botched given like the matchups. From a business standpoint, it wasn't botched because they sold it out, you know, they sold it out in in hours without even a main event with just Bam Bam and Alexander Volkov as the top fight on the card, the chief support, and that's how they sold it out. So they're in a great spot as far as the popularity of the sport in Australia. But Dan Hooker should be on this card. Jack Della Maddalena should be on this card. DDP should be fighting Izzy on this card. But for some reason, they loaded up the July card with all these guys. Um, and so they had to deal with the situation. Now, there's a ton of Australians on this one, but just none of the real big ones um, that I just mentioned. And so I understand where Eugene is coming from, but I do think that a win over Robert Whitaker should stamp your ticket and he should get a title shot. The problem is Hamza Chemaev is fighting on October 21st. That's in a month and change. If he wins in Abu Dhabi, he's going to get on the microphone and call out Izzy and you know everyone's going to go gaga over that. And that July win over Robert Whitaker is going to feel like a long, long, long time ago. And so he's in a tough spot. What he has to hope for is Izzy wins on Saturday night and Hamza versus Paolo isn't a great fight and they say we'll go with DDP. Or, you know, selfishly, he has to hope that one of those guys is banged up and Izzy wants to come back sooner rather than later and he can slide in there. But yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't, the puzzle pieces aren't exactly fitting right now for DDP. And that's unfortunate because he has done enough to earn the title shot. 1,000% he should be the number one contender. You beat Robert Whitaker, you're that guy. It's just he wasn't ready to go two months later. And I feel bad for him because most people wouldn't be ready to go two months after fighting Robert Whitaker. Secondly, on a similar note, if both Izzy and Hamza win their fights, McGregor aside, can you think of a bigger and more anticipated matchup then Adesanya versus Shemaev. Izzy used to talk about fighting John Jones at Raider Stadium in 2024. We know that ain't happening. But I believe if built correctly, Izzy versus Shemaev could be just as big. Am I getting too carried away? Much love your boy, Bay. No. I mean, Hamza needs to fight a little bit more. His last fight was a year ago this weekend, believe it or not. That's when the whole Nate Diaz thing happened, which is just crazy that it's been that long and he wasn't injured. And, uh, you know, hopefully he, he gets in there October 21st and we'll see how it goes. But yes, it would be one of the biggest fights of the year. Now, don't forget, Connor coming back would be gigantic and will be gigantic because I do think he'll be back in 2024. And UFC 300 is going to be gigantic regardless of who fights on the card. But, I mean, if everything works out timing-wise, I could see Izzy versus Shamayev headlining UFC 300. And I wouldn't put Connor at, on UFC 300. As I think I've said on the show before, I would get two bites at that million-plus buy, you know, pay-per-view um, Apple. Connor on 301 or 299 gets a million, and then 300, just by virtue of being 300 and probably a stacked card, will get a million as well. So, um, but yeah, the timing could work out, and what a tremendous main event that would be for 300. Newman. Hello, Ariel. Hello, Newman. Welcome back from your hiatus. I hope you had a great time with your family and are enjoying your new pearly whites. Thank you. Yes. Uh, turkey was fantastic. Look at the hairline, guys. You see the hairline? See the teeth? Beautiful what do we have hairline. done? Give, give the full list. What, what do we have well, done while we were gone? I did the thing here. I did the thing here. Yep. Hair transplant. Yep. Yeah. And then those teeth, things, you said? The teeth that yeah. all the guys get, and the cool guys. And that was it. Uh, did we do the, the ab sculpting like uh, Oscar? What else did we do? We, we, um, 
We may have done a little bit with the Cavs, but I'm not quite ready to uh, reveal those. Yeah, I mean... Nice. Yeah, the Jack Grealish Cavs. I was looking at those. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... But the hair, how about the hairline? Uh, strong. Strong as ever. I think so, too. Some might say I didn't need it, but I felt like I needed it. I was getting a little bit... Uh, uh, self-conscious i would dare it. say you actually need like the if anything you'd have to reduce the reverse add <laughs> yeah you need the reverse your hairline is as strong as humanly possible thank you uh i hope you had a great time with your family and are enjoying your new pearly whites i too have decided to take my long way to return to the on the nose segment today welcome back max hallway proved once again that he is still dominant at featherweight with his spectacular KO of the Korean zombie at UFC Singapore. It doesn't seem like he's going to get another title shot anytime soon, as long as Volk is still the champ. Agreed. Do you think Max's next fight will be at 55? I say no. And who are some of the potential opponents for him? I personally would love to see him rematch Charles at 55. Not bad. Um, what do you think? I mean, there's there's options. I guess we're going to get Taporia against Volk. Um... There was someone going back and forth with Max. Who am I forgetting? Brian Ortega? I mean, I have no problem. He was going back and forth. Giga's out there. It really depends on what um, Max Holloway wants to do at this stage of his career. Um, Is he okay just fighting these tough guys? Or does he want to test himself at 55? There's a plethora of guys at 55 for him, but he was, he was a little small for 55. So I'm cool with just like seeing a string of Max Holloway master classes. I'm cool with that. And I think he gets paid pretty well. So let's just see him continue to win. This guy's taken, you know, he's taken a lot of damage and he's looking great and he's still holding up and he's beating tough guys. Let's just keep winning. That's what I would say if I were his team. Dominic, Hilwani, I'm curious on your thoughts on what's going on in the pro wrestling world from the recent passings to CM Punk being released. And maybe the next time you'll be covering a WWE event. Um, Also, there's a follow-up here from Zach M. Hey, Ariel, as someone who does not follow wrestling as intently as MMA, would you be able to provide your thoughts on the loss of Bray Wyatt, um, a.k.a. Wyndham Rotunda. I saw the news. I instantly thought of your interview with Triple H where you had asked him about his return to WWE. Can you put in perspective the impact he had on the sport, what his legacy will be, Helwani 10-7? I woke up to that news and, I mean, talk about a knife in the heart. I mentioned on the show that when I was a little bit out of the wrestling game, I really got back into it in um, April of 2020 the beginning of the pandemic, there was nothing going on and I decided to try and get my kids into it and WrestleMania was coming up and there was the uh, Firefly Funhouse match, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, which blew me away. Like they turned it into like a mini movie. And then I knew of Bray Wyatt, but I wasn't so familiar with the Fiend character and the, um, you know, the Funhouse and all that stuff. And I was just blown away by his brilliance. Like he's just an absolute brilliant mind. And so he really got me back on the train and he was at the very top of my wish list for sit-down interviews. And I've, you know, I've I've talked to his uh, agent before, Jordan, who coincidentally is from Montreal, and I tried to uh, set it up, but the timing was never right. And uh, I actually, when I was backstage at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, which coincidentally, unfortunately, was his last time on WWE TV, I saw him backstage. I never met him before, and he couldn't have been sweeter. He's just like a big teddy bear. And we talked for a bit, and he said he wants to do the interview, and I was so excited. 
because he's such a brilliant mind and he comes from you know a, a legendary family and uh it was just it was just a great interaction it was a great conversation short but really really um memorable for me because he's kind of like this larger than life guy and then unfortunately there were some reports came out that he wasn't feeling well and then out, out of nowhere we find out that um you know that he passed away suddenly horrendous horrific and unfortunately this has you know this has happened in the world of pro wrestling before where someone dies way too young and 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 the 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 athletes the entertainers are f- kind of forced to go on television and just put on a brave face and and deliver and they did that on that friday night smackdown but um i just can't i mean he came back in october at extreme rules in philly after the dc you know special guest referee match and it was so exciting and it was a new layer to his character and it was brilliance once again and uh, my heart breaks for his family for his wife for his kids for his friends for his colleagues for his coworkers uh it's just an absolute tragedy one of the best wrestlers of the last 10 years one of the best minds one of the most talented gifted um sports entertainers of the last 10 years and i don't necessarily love that term but it kind of applies to Wyndham Rotunda because he was just so damn brilliant and and was able to evolve and and give himself new layers time and again really uh an absolute tragedy heartbreaking um and so i was super bummed to 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 read that and uh still can't believe that he's no longer here and then of course i think that you're uh referencing um the cm punk release firing whatever you want to call it from AEW i don't you know i haven't really been paying attention to all that stuff for various reasons um it sounds like you know tony khan's hands were tied and he had to do what he had to do and uh, i get that you you got to save the locker room if someone is you know proving to be a uh an issue in the locker room you get you have to think about the whole and i see a lot of people saying that they want me to interview uh punk i haven't talked to him in a bit um, I, I don't know if uh, I would be his first choice at this point. Would love to talk to him if he wants to, but I don't think I would be his first choice for whatever reason. Um, I look forward to hearing his side of the story, but ultimately I, I think based on what we've seen out there, you know, Tony had to do what he had to do um, as as the leader and to try to like right this ship and, and to get people, you know, to, to believe that the, the locker room can be a cohesive unit. Unfortunate for them because it was such a big week for the company. By the way, speaking of real sports, like there's this whole thing that I hate Tony Khan and all this stuff and AEW. I don't know if I've ever said this in the midst of all of it. It kind of slipped my mind. When I was hired by Real Sports to be a correspondent last January or so, the first story that I ever pitched, the first subject that I ever pitched for a profile was Tony Khan, um, you know, son of Shad Khan and their family's history. And now he's going up against WWE. That was the first thing. And I pitched it pretty hard and I thought I had a chance but in the end, for various reasons, I mean, the threshold, it, it's really hard to get something greenlit. Um, and I do think that there was some trepidation because of conflicts of interest, both under the WBD, the Warner Brothers Discovery umbrella. But like, that's how interested and quite frankly, like how impressed I was by what he had done in a short amount of time. Um, that's completely, you know, besides the point. But uh I do wish them the best, and I think for I mean, if you if you ever, what's going on here? You good? 
Yeah, did did Masvidal join? Yeah, that's oh, okay. where it threw me off. That yeah, yeah, because yeah, you just said let's go, and I wasn't sure. Um, and so, if any if anyone watches this show, you know, I always root for the underdog. I always root for the the B league, the other entity competition, all that stuff. Wish them the best, and it was a big week for them. And I think that uh, the wrestling business is in a much healthier spot with a solid number two. So. Those are some thoughts there. Is he ready or not yet? One second. All right. Um, all right. We'll put a pin in the questions for now uh, because uh, Jorge Masvidal. What's that? We're ready now. All right. Jorge Masvidal is about to join us. He has a big week coming up. Uh, it is Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA September 8th in Jacksonville a place that he knows a thing or two about, which has been kind to the world of MMA. And it is headlined by a uh, a rematch of a fight that happened back at UFC 90, I do believe, in 2008. Junior Dos Santos against Fabricio Verdum. Let's talk to promoter Jorge Madrid. Wow, you look so official. This is something else. Wow, look at this guy. How are you, Jorge? Can you hear me? Oh, man, you got a microphone too? Yeah, you sound fantastic. Um, hey, hey. What's up, brother? Sounds good. Uh, does the microphone oh, work? Let me say, I like the new look, man. I like, I like the new look. The shave head, the beat, man. Like look at the mean dog. She... I went to Turkey. And I went I'm to Turkey over the years too because you used to be not. You, you, they hooked you up. Uh, they hooked me up. You see that? Damn, my boy got hooked. Shit! You just plugged them up on a huge commercial. I hope they paid you for that. Yeah, shout out, shout out. You Wait. got paid for that. Oh, for sure. They hooked me up big time. What were you saying you were lying over the years? Say it again? You said something you were lying. No, they used to be like uh, like a lot nicer, but lately now people start telling you something, you snap at them real quick, man. Now it's no more Mr. Nice Guy, man. You see that, Jorge? Yeah, I mean, you should book me for one of these bare knuckle cards. I mean, a million dollar, uh, a million buys off the bat. Helwani on there? Who do you want? Who do you want to fight, Bear Noble? Well, we'll talk. We'll talk offline. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there. Oh no! What? What a shirt, by the way. Okay, okay, okay. You, you just text me. Who'd you like to fight? I'll, send, I'll take care of all the hoops. Okay, you, uh, Jorge. How hard was it to put? Oh man! No, you're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. You, can you see me? Sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, good now. Yeah. Why? Why did you? Why did you book? Junior versus Fabricio, too. And how hard was it to get those guys to agree to do a bare knuckle fight? So we were talking to JDS for a while. He's obviously my teammate, American top team. And uh, so I would get to see him often. You know, I'd uh, seriously had to bully this guy, you know, like, hey, what's going on, man? You need to come fight for me. And he, at first, he would just laugh it off like, bro, unaffordable. You can't afford me type stuff. And then, you know, it's getting more personal. And I'm attacking him after practice. I'm following him in the car. I'm like, bro, I need to talk to you, you know, and I'm becoming like a stalker and he finally gets it. Like, I'm dead ass serious, bro. And you're going to fucking fight for us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, at the time he was talking to a couple of promotions. He told me one day after practice, he goes, hey, I'm a free agent. I just finished up uh, practice as well. So then me and him started talking right that same day that I finished. And now this has been going on with me and JDS for like six to eight months that I had been asking him what's happening. Are you going to fight? What's happening? You know, um, that same day, I called Dean Tool and I tell him, guess who's a free agent? And he goes, wait, before you tell me that, let me tell you 
who I just finished getting off the phone with their manager and says they want to fight bare knuckle for us. I go, who? He goes, I just talked to Ali and he says, Verdum wants to do bare knuckle. And I go, holy smokes, you're not going to believe that JDS just told me yes to fight in bare knuckle today. Now we just got to figure out the numbers and the legalities and all that stuff. But once I got that verbal agreement, that's it. So in a sense, I could say I've been trying to make this fight for like eight months, you know, but as soon as uh, JDS got free, he, he's a man of his word. He came right to us. Verdum, since the start, he said, hey, I'm ready. It's not never been no issues or nothing. Both of them incredibly professional. Their their camps and their their managers. So shout out to them because running a promotion is not as uh, easy as it might look. You know, it's a lot of things. The big staff. It's a big team that I give everybody thanks to on the team. And um, onto the fun stuff. This is gonna be one of the best fight cards of the year, Ariel. I got this stacked from top to bottom. I got ten ex UFC vets. Um, I mean. I'm, I got goosebumps. You know, these guys are in the right fucking place in their mind. They are all, which might seem like antisocial or whatnot, but they're in that in that special vibe in that moment because they're just thinking about like, man, I'm going to get punched in the face, bare knuckle, or I'm going to punch somebody in the face, bare knuckle. And they're, ju they're just like in their own space, their own energy. It's not like um like an antisocial energy, but if you didn't know, but you think they're being real antisocial and real like to themselves, you know, and I love it, man. These guys are so pumped. Now that the the face off, the first official face off happened, the the euphoria is real, and I'm just sitting here as a fan more than even a promoter, man. This is gonna be one of the best shows of the fucking year, I promise you. And I put my money where my mouth is. That's why I put this fucking card together. Shout out the Dean Tool for fucking making this happen as well. I love it. I love the passion. C could I ask you? You just mentioned something that I wanted to to touch on. So here we are, two days away from the uh, the fight going down in Jacksonville. The card going down. Uh, you've you've been around the fight game for a long time. Usually, as a fighter, can you compare like the nerves, the anxiety that you have on the Wednesday before a big fight, as opposed to you know Wednesday before you're promoting a big event? Like, well, how how does this compare? Do you feel those same butterflies, or is it a totally different beast? Totally, totally different. Fighting butterflies is so different to me. Also, since I started since young, I think that. Um, like those butterflies like that, I, I, I probably got them the least amount. You know, I, I when I was there, I wouldn't really get excited to like, you know, the day of the fight that I'd really start to like, okay, I'm letting all these emotions and feelings arise. Before that, I just like, oh man, I'm going to another city. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do these interviews. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much into it. So I got really close for this promoting stuff. Also, I've only been doing it like three years. So it's not the same. I mean, I'm, I'm freaking... I'm on the hyper train for like three weeks before the event going every, every day is like fight week, you know, it's way, way different than when I'm actually fighting. I, I felt so at peace when I'd be fighting. So like, man, this is what I want to do. This is what I I've been training for this particular moment. I just can't wait to do it. So I had a, a maybe like anxiety to compete a little bit, but always a, like a good, a good feeling like, man, it's, it's coming up. Mm. Uh, is it tougher than you thought it would be to be a promoter? Oh, definitely, definitely. But I have a strong team, and that's what really makes it all stick together. You know, um, I learned that in MMA, you need to have a strong team as well. It's just me competing that day and whatnot, and me getting these trophies and awards and belts and whatnot, but it's a team that took me to that particular moment. So my striking coach, my wrestling coach, my grappling coach, uh, all of these little pieces of advice and a great team to make it happen. It's the same thing with the promotion, and then some. there's, there's so many individuals involved with this, so it's. Uh, I would say it's... It's not easy, definitely. It's not everybody's cup of tea. When you see the guys getting into that zone, that antisocial zone that you spoke of, 
do you get a little jealous? Like, you're like, man, I, I want to be in that zone. I want that vibe. I want that itch. I want to get in there too. Do you feel that way? I mean, yeah, I know, you know, because to, to get there, you know, it, it's also like, uh, I have to have been training for a while, focus on this moment, you know, and, and I, I do miss it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, M MMA stuff, you know, cause I did that for 20 years. You know what I would like to give a try that like really rouse up my blood? Some good old fashioned boxing, you know, just because I only got one of those. I wouldn't mind doing some more boxing matches, just straight hands, you know, just fucking throwing the heaters at somebody's face for fucking however many rounds, you know? Yeah. That, that gets me excited. That gets my fucking like blood pumping, you know? What happened with, uh, you know, you, you threw out the KSI thing. And I thought maybe there was some legs to it. We threw out the KSI Well, we, we threw it out together. You mean I threw we out threw the KSI? We threw it out together. We threw it out together. I love this motherfucker, bro. <laughs> you hear this motherfucker? I threw it out together. I didn't even know who the fuck that was. You brought it up. Yeah, we threw it out together. We threw it out together. Uh, and what happened? Did I they... fucking love you, motherfucker. <laughs> I love you, too. W any talks of that? Like, was there... I felt like there was some uh, some momentum no, there. No, no, no. There was no talks of that. Ariel, I'm going I'm to... People know, man. I got the hands, bro. I'm a legit problem with these things still, man. I got power and speed. You can't match me up with somebody inexperienced like that. It has to be a little different, you know? I don't think a commission will legalize that, bro. Like, I, I got 50-something pro fights. And right, I right. used to do them like, until like eight months ago, bro. Yeah. You fucking crazy, bro? <laughs> uh, how, how do you think... No, oh, man. How do you think Nate Diaz did against Jake Paul? Did you watch that? And how do you think he did? Yeah, yeah, I, w I went there live. I'm going to say, man, I, you know, I, I get it. The skill set, they're not going to be boxers. They're not going to be moving like boxers because, they, they, you know, they're not boxers by crafty them. But the the mean guy, Will, to hurt each other could have been meaner. That's why I, that fight being there live, I was like, man, I'm fucking mean for real, bro. He's more, and a lot of the guys that are in boxing are fucking mean for real. I didn't, I didn't have that feeling when I left there that night, you know, like, I don't know. I didn't feel like they were trying to kill each other, you know, or hurt each other or like apply the sweet science to this full mastery. So um, I'd hurt them dudes, bro. <laughs> like bad. I was there live. I seen it, man. I, man, this is a different speed. How did you and uh... Nate see it? You could ask him about this. You could ask Nate about this speed. And if Jake was having trouble, you know what I'll do to Jake, man? I but what what about you and jake jorge i don't know if i lost you here did i got you got me don't let that point me bro but i wouldn't get in say again what you just said about say jake again. say again what you just said about jake because i lost you there if you would get in there with jake what I wouldn't get in there with Jake, right? Because the UFC, you know, I, I've talked to him about matches like that. I'm still signed to the UFC and I have to get permission from the UFC. But in a hypothetical world, hmm. like if uh, if we're in a boxing sparring session, I'd break that dude. I'd break him. He couldn't handle my pace, my speed, or my power, you know? He, he could ask his sparring partner for 10 rounds, Nate Diaz, about me. And Nate will tell his ass, I'll eat him alive, man. I'll, bam, done. You know, but I can't because I'm signing the UFC. So it's not going to happen. But if it did. Uh -huh. Are you and Jake boys now? I, I can't 
quite make it like you were I'm cool with them, man. I'm cool with them, but that has nothing to do with competitions. Right. I'm cool if I saw them right now, what's up, Jake? Okay. But we're talking about us in a boxing ring, but I've done my whole fucking life. No, man, you got no fucking chance. And I got an opinion and I can say it because it's America. And you shouldn't get your butt fucking hurt feelings over. We still boys, you still cool, man. What's up? If you want to fight, motherfucker, I'll kill you, bro. You're crazy, dog. That's so, no, man. So I, I have a fucking nuts. I went and scouted you out that day already. Just <laughs> I have a prediction. 2024, maybe boxing. Maybe, I think you're fighting again. I see all these interviews. I, I see the vibe right now. I see the fire in your eyes. You're fighting again. I saw you at that BMF fight. By the way, whose idea was that? I threw that out. You putting the belt around the waist and everyone ran with it. Dana White claimed to his idea. I mean, come on. I should have been there too, sitting right next to you. In any event, I think you're fighting. I think you I think you're fighting. I, I don't I, know why, but I don't know why, but you know why. Yeah. <laughs> why weren't you there? Oh, Tell I was me. I was at Spence. No, I was at Spence Crawford. At I was at Spence Crawford. I was at a real fight. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. That was a badass fight, too. That was a badass fight. Uh, a, a badass fight, but not. You can't say the other one wasn't a real fight. <laughs> I'm, kidding, crazy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was great. You know what that was, man. That was insane, man. But uh, I really wanted DP to win. Um, Obviously, my teammate and, and great friend, but hats off to Gage, man, because fuck, bro. He, he made the right switches in that first round you know to the second round to just boom catch it because i thought he got rocked heavy in the first round twice you know i was definitely leaning towards dp just closing out that fight so it was a shocker still shocked to me i was like I, well i bet i bet it on that fight i bet a lot of money actually how much um it's out there there's different types of rumors but it's out there how much i bet it. you could do your investigative journalism all right know? fine but yeah i bet uh, but i think you're fighting again i don't think you're done i just see it i see it in your face you don't want to be done I love fighting. I love fighting. I love it. I love it. That's why I'm so invested in, in this, in, in watching fight videos, highlights, seeing who would match well with who, because I, I just love the sport of combat. I, it's something that I understand so well and good. Um, and to compete, like I told you, I'll be open if, if with the UFC's permission. And they said, yeah, man, we'll let you get some boxing matches in because you always had the hands. Let's go. Boom. And they gave me permission. Yeah, I will break somebody's face, you know? Could, could whoever I fight on my first boxing match and then could I fight Ben Askren after that? <laughs> like, just do a combo. A two or a three for, in one day. I'll get, like, we'll go to Mexico, somewhere in Mexico with a commission. Let us do whatever. And I'll fight, like, two guys before I fight Ben Askren. Boxing. So there's no knees allowed, Ben. Uh, what? <laughs> Fucking. Is that, is, that a, fuck. is that a real thing? You'll TV, never bro. top that win. You'll never be able to beat him faster. So why even consider it? I would actually make it. I, I would make it go to a decision, just so people could see how. I wouldn't even throw a punch. I just dodge him the whole time, just so people could see how bad his boxing is. Mm. Nah, I'd knock him out. I knock him. Out. Um, nah, it's just a Ben be talking shit, bro. So. I feel you. Why? Why don't you ask them like to fight on your own card? Yo, man, game bread, bare knuckle. Let me fight on my own card. You don't think they would let you? I, I don't think so, no. Be, and, and I would understand because it's an MMA promotion and they'd be, you know. Right. I'm still in the contract. But boxing, um, I, I, I could see boxing happening. I could see them letting me do some boxing matches. Okay. Uh, by the way, if they go to Miami for UFC 305, you got to be on that, right? That's the word. They're thinking of that. UFC 305 next year. Be on that like it's a, 
Like as a fighter. Nah, like as a fighter. UFC 305 back in Miami. Oh, man, I didn't tell you. I recently retired like six months ago. I know, man. but you're going to come back. You weren't, there. you weren't there, I think. But yeah, like six months ago, I retired, brother. Nah, Seven months ago. you're coming yeah. back. It's actually less than that. It was like five months ago. Five months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the CTE is getting to you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who, are the, uh, who are the 10X UFC fighters on this card on Friday? Oh, my gosh, man. Uh, the co-main event. Well, um, they weren't uh, ex-UFC, but still. No, uh, Coconut Bombs was, uh, yeah, Maki Coconut. Maki Pitolo was uh, ex-UFC, um, Coconut Bombs. This guy could bang. Typical Hawaiian dude comes out for blood, not scared, fighting Joel Bauman, which is a freaking stud, man. Great athlete. The guy wrestled in college but doesn't use his wrestling offensively. He uses it defensively to punch people in the face. He's already fought for his bare knuckle before. Fought a fight that I was like, man, his managers are crazy for letting him fight this guy. He fought a guy that was like 15 and 7 on his fucking first pro fight debut hell of a fucking fight ended up knocking out the guy in, in uh, the second round so i really think the winner of that fight is going to be fighting another winner that we got coming up they'll be fighting for the bell also let me say this before i go any further the winner of junior dos santos and fabricio verdun in october 28th main event mississippi at the mississippi coliseum can i say that right look right yeah Shit. boom first take on <laughs> You know who's you know who's gonna be you know who's gonna be fighting there? No. Alan Belcher versus Bare Knuckle versus Big Country Roy Motherfucking Nelson. Motherfucker, wow. I said it. That's who's the Bare Knuckle Heavyweight Championship of the World. I told you I'm bringing you fucking heat, brother. That's happening October 28th. Just made official right now on your motherfucking show. You're welcome, Eric. I told you I yes, love you, bro. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. October you 28th. You hear what I said, bro? Yeah, that's freaking big country. Uh, October 28th, Mississippi Coliseum. Roy Nelson back. Uh, had a nice debut for you a couple of months ago. Going up against Alan Belcher, who's uh, found a whole new life for himself in, in the world of bare knuckle. Yes, sir. And where can people... And we got both those freaking savages competing. Both of these guys. Say it again. Where, where, can can people, it? where can people watch it on Friday? This Friday on YouTube, on the Game Bread GFC page, or on my page, Jorge Masvidal, on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm not giving you an excuse. You got to watch it. Everybody's got to tune in and watch it. Don't mess around. It's free as can be. If you're in the Florida area, Jacksonville area, live from the White Star Arena, tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Um, the show starts around 7 p.m., and it will also be streamed on my Facebook, so please tune in, everybody. Love it. Free as can be, man. Here. Love it. Look at Go you. Pam. Bang. All the money is just on your shirt. You don't need the money. You got it on your shirt. There it is. You don't need people to pay for this. Respect. So yeah. You're doing big things, Jorge. Uh, good luck. I, I know you're going on like some ship or something today, right? Yes, sir. Right after this. All right. We'll go hang out with this. With the with the servicemen of our country, with the freaking enlisted men of our country, with the dudes that protect us, I'm gonna. This is always a, an amazing experience. Every time I get to go to one of these places, because these people do something that that I probably could have never done, and and risk their life for our freedom, for our comfort. So I always love it when I get to hang out with military men, whatever branch you're in. So let's fucking go. September eighth, uh, and we're bringing a whole mess. Of them we're bringing like 250 of them to my event to watch. Freeze can be great seats just to have a good old time because them boys deserve it, man. Don't nobody work harder than them boys. Love it. 15 years later, JDS for Doom 2.
Looking forward to it. Good luck, Jorge. Thank you, as always, for the time. Much love. Two weeks' time, I'm coming here to break some major news on your show. Oh, shit. Anytime. Remember we had this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> listen, if your internet doesn't... Listen, if your fucking website doesn't shut down, you get your money back. Okay. I'm going to shut down your website with the news. Deal. You feel me? I you feel understand you. me, bro? I feel you. I feel you. Viva la raza. There he is. Two weeks. Jorge Masvidal joining us. Uh, what a guy. Uh, that is Game Bread, Bare Knuckle, MMA on the 8th of September. That is this Friday, Jacksonville. You can watch it on his YouTube channel. You don't really have uh, any sort of excuse. All right. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Let us move along now to our next guest. Uh, he was the, you know, the, we couldn't have this return show without him. Most requested, the no-brainer of all no-brainers. He made history Back on August the 19th in Boston, he became the brand new UFC bantamweight champion. He told us that he would do it. He, in fact, did it in the second round. He stopped Aljamain Sterling, something that uh, some of the greatest bantamweights on the planet couldn't do. He's now the king of the 135-pounders, and he's kind enough to join us. He's the one and only Sugar Sean O'Malley. My losing to Ariel. You're here. Hello, Sean. <laughs> What's happening? Holy shit, I lost you for a second. Okay, are you we good? good? This, we good? Is, this is amazing. Yes, you're on a swing somewhere. Where are you right now? I'm at my farm. Yeah, you got a farm. You bought a farm before the fight. Yes, I did. I bought a farm before the fight and uh, finally kind of, you know, moving in. How many animals on the farm? I got 15 chickens right now. I got a fat-ass cow and uh, my puppy. So, But I want to get a couple goats. Um but I got I to gotta slice, got to, you know, make sure I can handle all these chores for now. And does anyone help you with all the chores? Um, Right now, it's not too bad. Just cleaning the chicken coop and then make sure they got some cold water because it's hot over here in Phoenix. And then the cows, you know, she don't do much. So right now, I got it under control. Um, But yeah, 
Any ponies? No, no ponies. No ponies. I think what what will be next are going to be a couple little goats. Okay. Um, I just got to take it slow. I, I get too excited. And I want to start just, you know, getting a bunch of things. But I got to make sure, you know, so far I got these animals taken care of. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see how the goats go. But, I, uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. And and why why did you buy? Like At first glance, you don't strike me as the, the farm type of guy. Why, why did you decide to do this? Yeah, I never, you know, in the, growing up, I was never like, you know, didn't really have animals or anything. But uh, I randomly wanted chickens, like four months ago or something and uh i just thought it'd be cool to get chickens so i got two day old chickens and you know i was like damn this is fucking sweet but my house the house i was living in really wasn't set up for you know i had a nice little coop and everything but it wasn't really set up for it so i started looking at uh houses with some acres with some land and i found this place it was fucking perfect and i just had to jump on it right away and it's there's it's peaceful ariel when you're the biggest superstar in the world you know, you need a little peace. So I had, to, I had to find some peace out here. And uh, you, you are certainly in that conversation now. You are killing it, my friend. Congratulations on the win. And so could I ask, like, you've been talking about this. You predicted this. It all came to fruition just a few weeks ago. When you thought of what life would be like as champion, when you were dreaming about this, visualizing it, all that stuff, is it is it matching now what your life is like? Is it matching what your dreams were were sort of made of? Or is this succeeding what you thought it was going to look like once you became champion? When I first saw myself as a champion, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old as a young buck, you know, I thought I would be, you know, when you picture it, you thought, you know, you're going to be partying a bunch, chicks everywhere, traveling everywhere, just doing a bunch of crazy shit, um, which I do sometimes, but it's, it's more peaceful. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel, I still feel like I have a ton of work to do. I still have a lot to, a lot of, you know, big fights, a lot of work to put in. So, you know, Right now, it's not necessarily what I thought it would be as far as like just, you know, being being a crazy person. Uh, it's quite opposite. You know, I'm living out here on a farm, very peaceful. Uh, like I said, I got a lot of work to do. So, you know, I'm in a very, very, very healthy, good mindset and want to get back to work. What has been the best thing to happen to you since becoming champion? What's the best byproduct of what you did on August 19th? Um, it's, it's hard to, you know, I was driving a Lamborghini when I wasn't even top 15. I was flying private before I was even, you know, top 10. So it's, it's hard to say because I was kind of living this champ lifestyle before I was even champ. Nothing really has changed. Um, you know, the opportunities I had not being champ were, were, I was, I was already having a bunch of opportunities. Um, so to be honest, nothing's really changed. I will say I get noticed way more like, that that's been a lot different. Um, I've always kind of been noticed randomly. I have fucking face tattoos and colorful hair, so it's hard to hide anyway. But now it's yeah, it's it's crazy. I go anywhere and it's you know it's crazy. But it, it's a, it's all good positive stuff. Uh, your your head coach and friend Tim Welch said afterwards that it was your worst training camp that you were banged up. A, could you tell us how banged up you were going into that fight? And as a result of that, how nervous were you? Here you are, biggest fight of your life. And according to him, you know, who I, I, I know you trust, he's not feeling great about the camp that you just had. Yeah, I mean, it was, I would say the worst camp I had was probably the Contender Series fight. Um, this fight camp, you know, in his eyes, it was really, really bad because we couldn't grapple for six weeks, literally six weeks to the day I hurt my, I had that muscle strain injury in my rib. 
And uh, so for him being the head coach, wanting to like kind of structure practices, like we couldn't even clinch. We tried to just kind of do like a light clinch and it was just couldn't even do that. So for him, you know, it was it wasn't good for me. Ideally, I would have been grappling. Obviously, I was fighting Aljo, but I, I feel like I was able to switch it in my head and uh, make the most out of it. I can still I can still hit mitts. I can still do the airdyne. I can still kick box. Um, so I was still able to get really good work in, but just not MMA. I couldn't do MMA. I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't do any jujitsu. Um, so in that sense, yeah, it wasn't a great camp, you know, for the opponent, you know, if I was, if it was like a kickboxer, it would have been fine camp, but we were fighting, you know, someone that main goal was to take me down. Um, but yeah, six weeks out from the fight that happened and it was, it sucked for a while. And you just, I had to switch it in my mind, you know, this could be a blessing in disguise. My game plan going into the fight before that happened was don't get taken down. Now it's just extremely, extremely important that I do not get taken down. But did that make you doubt yourself? Like on fight week, were you starting to get a little more nervous because of the fact that you couldn't grapple for six weeks? Not at all. The only When I said I was more nervous for this fight, I, I should have been more specific. I was more nervous for this fight right when I kind of had this injury. Like six weeks out, five weeks out, four weeks out, I was like, fuck, am I making the wrong decision? Should I have pulled out? The closer I got to the fight, the more I was able to convince myself, you know, and just that, that self-belief I have in myself was just maxed out. Like, I have to believe in myself more than I ever have. And, uh, you know, so, so come fight week, very calm. Come fight day, zero nerves. Walk out, zero nerves. I felt absolutely no nerves uh, fight week. When did the idea for that walk, walkout song come to you? Uh, I actually walked out to that song in Abu Dhabi. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't as much of a hit because, you know, I don't think they listened to Lupe Fiasco <laughs> over there. And it just wasn't as, it still hit hard. Like that song, when I walked out, I actually walked out to that song when I fought Jose Quinones uh, on my two-year layoff when I came back. And that song just, now when I hear it, it, it hits different. But uh, by the way, Ariel, you want to you see it? Hell yeah, see what? Are you sure you want to see it? Uh, sure. I mean... Uh, the 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 knuckle just my right hand baby that is a thing yeah. of beauty it, it is a fucking thing of beauty i is. don't show everyone no i appreciate that it is fantastic yeah of course how, how many times have you watched it the finish the fight i've watched the the fight um a good amount of times you know probably 10 times or so i i was ex so excited to watch the espn once it got released, well, I bought the pay-per-view, so I go back and watch it. I watched it once, and I tried to rewatch it again. I decided to buy the pay-per-view again. I was like, what the fuck? I already bought it. <laughs> but then I went back and watched it recently when they just uploaded it, and they, they have some cheesy-ass music over the walkout song. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I even watch it is just to, that walkout just hits different. I remember a point when I was standing in the octagon right before they played Aljo's music. The crowd was singing the song, and that was one of the most memorable moments of the night that I can look back on and actually feel like I remember was when the crowd was, was singing that song. Yeah. I think it's like a licensing thing. It's kind of a bummer that you go watch old fights and this, it just doesn't feel the same when you have this like generic track playing over, you know, Anderson Silva walking out or something like that. I, I feel your pain. You, you could probably, I think the UFC could probably hook you up with your own copy though. Oh yeah, that'd be good. I, I mean, there's so many videos even on YouTube of just like the walkout. So it's pretty cool to watch the walkouts from, from people's videos on YouTube and their perspectives of the seats and stuff and watching it from different angles. Even the fight itself, people upload it, you know, and, and you can see the finish from different angles. So I've watched all those too.
can you put into words like the, the, the closing moments when, when, you, when you drop him, when you finish him, when the fight is over? What does that feeling feel like? Can you even describe it? No, there, there's definitely at least no words in my vocabulary. Vocabulary. I know I don't know too many uh, crazy words, so I, <laughs> I definitely couldn't put it in there. But it was more. It was like a sense of relief, and it felt like a dream. I kept all fight week. You know, I, I was taking a lot of naps fight weeks. So I was really trying to take a nap later in the day so I could stay up later because I fought at twelve thirty in the morning. So I was and I was having some pretty vivid dreams, not about the fight necessarily. A couple times about the fight, actually, like just seeing myself hitting with that right hand, but. After the fight, I was like, is this a dream? Am I going to wake up? Like, is this fucking real? And uh, I felt like that. I felt like that for a few days. I'm like, I felt like I was just going to wake up in that bed and think, fuck, I still have to go out there and do that. But so far, I haven't woken up and it's been real. Aljo, I thought showed you a lot of love in the immediate aftermath. Uh, What did you think of his words afterwards? Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, when you get hit, like that there's not really what what, there's nothing really else what else to say i mean you gotta be i thought he was very yeah very nice very genuine very humble like hey i got caught it is what it is i mean you really can't act any other way than that then you know it was a legit you know i I fucking hit him with exactly what he knew i wanted to hit him Mm -hmm. um i saw your video afterwards the you are the man video was tremendous that stuff is always great in the aftermath but could you give us a Perhaps a taste, like, what was the post-fight celebration like? Like, I have visions in my mind, but I'm wondering if you can share any of it with us. I didn't get to the, I didn't get back to the hotel until 3.30 in the morning, because I had to do interviews after. Um, so I, I got to the hotel at 3.30 in the morning, and that's, and that was it, pretty much. Um, just hung out with the team, and then, you know, smoked and watched I actually watched just a bunch of videos on people saying that I was going to lose all the, <laughs> I watched all the pros react to the, or pros guesses or whatever, what it's called. And, uh, just watched a bunch of those to like seven in the morning, fell asleep, for like 30 minutes, got up and then we, we flew home. So wow. that night wasn't crazy. We had an official proper celebration that next weekend with, uh, you know, Nelk boys, happy dad out in, uh, Scottsdale. So we had a proper celebration, uh, then the next week. I've talked to you about fighting before and I've talked to you about boxing and you, you've told me like you don't really watch boxing. You'll watch some fights no. here and there. So I was actually a little bit surprised that Gervonta Davis was one of the names that you mentioned. Why is this of great interest to you if you're, you're not like a big boxing guy? We're both undefeated boxers, Ariel. Um, it just makes sense. That's what you do when you're both undefeated boxers. You go out there and you see who's the best. I just, you know, I've, it, before that fight, I was calling out Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis. Before they fought, Gervonta beat Ryan. And uh, it's just a fight that I'd like in the future. I'm not calling for it next. I'm not saying this needs to happen next. I need to go out there knock out my next guy. He needs to go out there, you know, keep, continue to build himself. Um, and then we can have a Connor Floyd situation. I'm not as big as Connor right now. He's not as big as Floyd. Um, so I'm just, you know, planting the seed, letting it grow. I would love that fight. T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, the Sugar Show versus Trevante. Um, you know, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it could definitely happen. I would love, I'd love for that fight to happen someday. I, I, I saw you were with Dana White recently. Did you express this to him? And, and if so, is he interested in it as well? Um, I, I didn't, I didn't talk to him about that specifically. I have talked to, you know, I talked to Hunter before about the fight and he said, Hey, listen, if it's, if it's a, 
big enough fight, the UFC is going to want to do it because they can, they want to make money. You know, Connor versus Floyd was big enough that they did it. So he said, if, it, if it's big enough fight, he did say, you know, Gervonta is obviously right, not right now. He's not, not big enough. He's not a superstar. He's not, he's not at that level yet. But in a couple of years, maybe he will be. I know I will be. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people hating on it, but I would challenge those guys that if it happens to not watch it, you guys have to sit there and watch fucking something, some boring. You have to watch a Cheeto replay of Cheeto versus Pedro. That's how you guys have to, you guys have to watch that while me and Gervonta fight. Are you fighting in December? We'll see. I, I, I mean, the sooner the better for me. Um, I know it's, there's nothing official right now. I did talk to Dana and he said, you know, he said he's going to announce something massive in a few weeks. I didn't, uh, I knew there was a couple, I know there's a couple options to what that might be, but he didn't really specifically tell me necessarily because they're still moving pieces, but he did say he's going to announce something massive in a few weeks. If it was up to you though, would you fight again in 2023? It was up to me. And I mean, I'm going to go get an MRI on the left side of my hand from bouncing it off Aljo's head 600 times. (laughs) So that that's a little sore. I do think it's just going to take a couple, like just a little time just to heal. Um, I still haven't been able to, I still haven't grappled. So I'm going to try to grapple here soon and see how this feels. Um, but yeah, if I'm healthy, ready to go, December would be fucking, I would love that. I would love to fight in December. And whenever that time comes, whenever your next fight is, is it a done deal that Cheeto will be your opponent? If I got the pick, if I was running the show, I would say yes. Simply because Cheeto is the biggest fight next, not because he's beautiful performance over Pedro. It was that was not that's not not the case. The, the fight, if I fight Cheeto next, it's because that's what I want, and that's the, the biggest fight. I'm in the fight business, and I want big fights. And so, when you say the biggest fight, is it like is this a personal thing for you? Like you want to, you know, write that wrong? Not at all. Okay. I don't. I don't. I never. I never lost sleep over this fight. Um. You know, I've I've actually been playing chess for a long time. I lost that fight on purpose just so that I could go out there and knock out Aljo and then have that be my biggest fight rematch. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now there's all this jockeying, right, with the bantamweights, especially you know Marab is speaking up, Aljo is speaking up. When when you're seeing all this, what is your reaction? I knocked out Marab August 19th, the same night I knocked out Aljo. They're the same. They hold hands. They're the same person. I knocked them both out August 19th. Um, so that, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I've called out the Cheeto fight before the fight even happened, before me versus Aljo, for Pedro versus Cheeto. I said, hey, Cheeto goes out there and wins. I go out there and win. I'm fighting Cheeto for my first title defense. And that's what happened. I just, that, that's what's going to happen next in my eyes. That's what I want. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'll go out there and knock out whoever, whoever they put in front of me. And by the way, UFC down with that idea as well, the Cheeto uh, Sugar rematch? What do we got? Check my chickens. Yo, what's happening? Do they have names, by the way? No, there's. I don't. I haven't named them yet. They're just fucking chickens. Do you, uh... um. But yeah, I, I, I'm sure that I'm sure the UFC's down with that. I mean, they, like I said, they like they're they're in the fight business. Me versus Cheeto is the biggest fight in the bantamweight division to make. There's no, there's not even one that's really close. Me versus anyone's gonna be a big fight because I can, you know. I can, I, I'm a you know pretty big name, but me versus Cheeto is the biggest fight to make. Me versus Corey's out there. Me versus Marab. Marab is literally just so fucking boring. Just it, it's hard to make that business wise. But yeah, you can make that fight eventually. Me versus Umar is a fight that I would like if he could just even get to a fight and win a couple. 
Um, that's an interesting fight just because of his last name. Um, but yeah, there, there's a bunch of big fights out there for me. What about this wild card? Sean O'Malley versus Vitor Belfort. <laughs> I don't like my odds in that one, but I'll give her hell. I'll swing. <laughs> What's up with this? He's mad at you? Is he sliding in your DMs? Yeah, he seems a little upset, but hey, what can you do? You can't make everyone happy. People read, you know, people read headlines and they make opinions and, you know, I, I don't want to fight him, so. But is he really, like, coming at you? I don't know. I just see, he just, he seemed like it a bit. I avoided it, though. I, I dodged. Okay. I'm like, I don't want no problem. I saw you talk it. about it a little bit. He just doesn't like the way you live your life, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, he's we're both both just Christians. <laughs> uh, um, and so, is this what you're referring? If he comes at me, I'm gonna hit him with one of these. Fucking yeah, no, for sure, kick. for sure. Um, you 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 tweeted something about big news from the uh, Sugar State Athletic Commission. Are you referring to this fight, this upcoming fight, whenever it may be, or is it something else? No, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm referring to what I think is going to happen. Um, it's going to be massive news. Um, you know, I got, I got massive news in both my pockets. I could release whenever. So, oh, shit. but I like to, I like to, you know, I like to time things promptly. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, being a champ, lots of opportunities come up, lots of big things happen and, uh, life's good. News in both pockets. That means you've got like more than one piece of news. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have more than one piece of news. What Nothing I can say right now. Oh. Yeah, I know you oh, are. Really. I, I, I got all excited, Sean. I got all excited. You got me oh, all know, fired up. That's what I, I live know. for. I'm glad you remembered our interview this morning, though. <laughs> can I tell you something about that? Uh, and I don't know if you... Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm a very anxious person, Sean. I, I'm, you know, this is just my life, especially, you know, booking this show. You see, I reach out. And, and so I, I could tell you, like, I'm so crazy that I could... You you name a fighter right now on the roster. I could tell you if they're an Android guy, if they're an iPhone guy, if they're oh, wow. what's, because that's because it's me. You you live it right. I reach out. Yep. I do all yep. that. And so part of the thing is I, I'm always afraid that someone's going to forget or not show up or doing a live yeah. show. And so I remind and and you did ask me to remind you. But one of my big fears yep. is like you know you get to know people as they're coming up and they're eager to come on, but then over time they be they become so famous that they're like, uh, forget you. You know, we have our own platform. We have our own interviews. We're doing this, that. And then they become harder and harder to get on the show. They become less successful. You have to go through like four different people just to get to them, all that stuff. And so I'm always fearful. I, I joke about this with Izzy as well. Some guys never change. Some guys do change. I didn't think you were going to change. But like to me, I, I said this at the beginning of the show, not only have you not changed, you respond within seconds you're always available. You're accessible. You know, you have to work around the, the the schedule and all that, but like, you're not like, no, I'm too big. And then this morning I get the text from you and I'm a pessimist, 1000%. Uh -huh. And I think, oh, here comes the cancellation just because I always think when <laughs> someone texts me on the day and it's you reminding me about the interview. Not only have you not changed, yeah. you're an even bigger mensch than you were before you became a champion. Shout out to you. Yeah, I mean, you have both my cell phone numbers is that big yeah, both my numbers so yeah that's a big deal i mean only only certain people have both the numbers but yeah it's nice you know not having shitty managers that, that you have to go through and they could fuck everything up and miscommunicate and, and misschedule stuff and misinterpret stuff so yeah it's nice not having to go through uh shitty managers isn't it yeah no I, I i like going directly to the fighters that's my uh you know that's the best way but even the fighters once they get big they say like hey you know i'm too busy or i can't come on or who's too busy 
Who's too, who's bigger than me right now? No one. Who who? No. How could you not go on aerial show? They all need it. You're the biggest MMA outlet right now. You're the best at it. And uh, so if there's anyone that doesn't come on here, you know they're just they're fucking stupid. I appreciate it. You also said right now. Can I just push back and say for the last 15 years, or is that is that is that too much? Is that being too cocky? <laughs> No, I think that's. Uh, I mean, you might be accurate there. I, you you pr- you've been doing that longer than I've been watching fighting. Fucking hell! That picture came out after you won of uh, you shaving your eyebrows. Is that a real thing for the oh, twenty dollars? That came back. Well, I never asked 50. you about that. Fifty. Sorry. What was the story behind yeah, that? Can I ask you? Fucking Tim, said, "Hey, I'll give you fifty bucks to shave your eyebrows." I said, "All right." I was on. I was actually playing Xbox Live with my buddies. I had my headset on, and I was like, "Fuck, boy, should I do it?" And they're like, "No." I was like, I think I'm going to do it. You know, I was broke. I needed money. I needed some cheddar. I needed to pay some bills. I wanted to be able to get a fucking Chipotle burrito. And uh, that's what I did. I paid my Wi-Fi bill and got a fucking Chipotle burrito. So was it worth it? No, it wasn't. It was horrible. I still went to the gym. I remember going into the MMA lab and Crouch was like, what the fuck's wrong with your face? And he you can tell. And I was like, it's my eyebrows. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, it is. And, and yeah, I got some weird looks. It was... uh. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't smart. I wouldn't do it again. How long did it take for them to grow back? You know, like a month and a half. It was, it was, a, there was some awkward weeks. I still went to jujitsu, still went to the gym, still, you know, I laughed at every time I, and it was horrible, but I still, still went and trained. How old were you? I was probably 20. 20. Would that, yeah. would that kid have believed that this would, this, the whole story would turn 100%. out this way he did even back then oh yeah it's so weird i have like i've su- I had such a delusional sense of success i knew this was going to happen i was t- i would tell people this I was, i'm gonna be world champion i'm gonna be the biggest star in the ufc i'm gonna be rich i'm gonna be famous it's gonna fucking happen like i was telling people that before i got in the ufc probably before i even turned pro i was telling people that you know i had 14 amateur fights so i knew for a while, like I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it. This is all going to happen, and I don't know why I was so confident, so for sure that it was going to happen. But I would have sat there and told anyone dead in the eyes. Like the first time I met Tim when he picked me up at the airport when I flew from Montana, I told him, "I'm like, dude, we're going all the way to the top. We're gonna be the biggest, the best in the world." And he was like, "Shut the fuck up." He was, I mean, he didn't, he didn't see, it. he didn't really know me at the time. But I was eight, 19 years old, you know, telling Tim this before I was even pro. Do you remember when you first started to believe this? How old you were? Um, probably eighteen. Probably yeah, probably eight, about eighteen. Because I when I started kickboxing when I was sixteen, I thought jujitsu and wrestling was the dumbest thing ever. I'm like, why would you? Why would you do that? That's fucking dumb. Uh, and then once I turned eighteen, I had an MMA fight, and I was like, oh shit, that was fun. Like the small gloves, like it's just different. It felt different. And then I was started kind of watching the UFC once I started fighting a little bit more. And I was like, oh, shit, I could be on TV and fight in front of, like, I was going to people's houses to watch fights. I was like, what the fuck? People could go to houses to watch me fight someday. So I'd say about 18 years old is when I started really believing, like, oh, that could be me. Incredible. Did you get a new uh, tattoo to commemorate the win? Yeah, I had to get a little champ 2023 tat, uh, you know, for memories in case I ever forget. Right. Not, not, not on the face, though, right? There's no belt on the face. No, it's not a belt on my face. It's just a little crown. That's sick. Where is it? The one uh, top right over there? 
Um, I forget. Is that no? I think that's sad. You see it? Oh, I see. It. Oh, look at that. That's new. Uh, yeah. That's new. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah, I got a couple. Th- I, I didn't get it before the fight. I should have, but. That would be sick if you got it before the fight. That would be. I mean, that would be real ballsy move on your part. <laughs> uh, that would have been a little. Oh no. Did we lose him out on the farm? I was just about to wrap it up. This always seems to happen. I'm always about to wrap it up, and then we lose someone. Can we call him right back just to wrap it up? Yeah, we're trying that. All right. What a guy, huh? What a guy. He is right. I mean, when I was away on that on that uh, Sunday, people are coming up to me overseas and saying, you see Sugar? Sugar's the new champ. And he, you know, I always say active fighters, active champions. Israel's at the top of the list in terms of the most popular because he connects with the younger audience. I mean, this guy connects with the younger audience. Uh, he is uh, a massive star, and, and it feels like he's just scratching the surface. And I do agree with the sentiment that as far as big business is concerned, as far as the biggest fights possible out there right now for him, Cheetah with his fan base business-wise, would be the biggest, right? Um, And so the question is, you know, do they go in that direction? I think they do. And then the question is, when does that fight happen? Um, And so I'm really curious to see what happens. December seems very soon. I mean, when is December? December uh, is in six months? No. December is not it's three December? months. Yes, yeah. December is three, three months. months. Jesus, uh, yeah. Why did I think we're in June? Uh, you know why? Because I looked at September sixth, and I was like, "Oh, six months." No, that's in three months. Yeah, that seems very soon. Um, seems a little too soon, really. But if he wants to fight, and and we're about to have Cheeto on in a matter of seconds to ask him his opinion on all this. So let's see what happens. Do we have him or no? Or do we lose him? We lost him. We we're thinking maybe his phone died. You know. You know what I think it is. The heat? The heat, yeah. Yeah. I Fuck. thought that first. That's horrible. Does it does the phone here, I'm gonna I'm gonna Actually he's rejoining. Oh, the phone oh, overheated. That was a misunderstanding. Yes. That that's crazy. All right, we're gonna get him on for just a quick second here and then we'll get to uh Cheeto. Still to come, by the way, Platinum Mike Perry and the Korean zombie. What a moment that was in Singapore, uh, and what a stretch for the UFC. Uh, Cyril Ghan in, in, in Paris this past weekend was incredible. I feel horrible for him. You saw the uh, reports that his, his house was robbed uh, while he was fighting on Saturday night in Paris, which is a real scumbag thing to do, if I'm being honest. Um, but it seems to be something that happens to a lot of footballers over in Europe for some I don't know, horrible reason. Like, they know... Uh, yeah, they they know they're at the game or the fight. Yes. It's just like, yeah, you can just turn on the TV and be like, well, they're not coming back because there they are That's on our up. TV. Yeah, of course it is. That what? is... Can yes. you imagine having a win of that stature? No. And, uh, you know, the vibes and how good you're feeling in your home, and then all of a sudden you come back and... Place is ransacked, yeah. Terrible. Horrible. Uh, do we have Sean or no? No. Oh, you said he was there. That was a misunderstanding. Okay. Um, 
you said it like almost in one breath. So I'm going to just let me just call me. I have to I have to I can't end the conversation like that. So I'm just calling him real quick. Let's see if he picks up and then we could just move on to the to the next segment. Let's see. It just feels like a very sort of Uh, it might be done. He he texted me that phone overheated. Um, oh, you know what? I think I know what happened here. Wait a second. Give me two seconds. No. That's not working. No, that's not working either. Okay, we're trying one last thing and then we're moving on. Apologies, sorry. This is horrible. Come on. Is it happening? No. Um, all right. Well, we had him on. You all saw it. It was 25 minutes or so. Uh, much love. Uh, let me just write back. That's what happens when you're in the Phoenix heat, and I'm about to experience that in a matter of seconds uh, later on today. So um, I look forward. I look forward to uh, to seeing how this all plays out, and I look forward to seeing how this uh, whole saga plays out. And now we were just talking about uh, Cheeto Vera. So let us go now to our next guest. His name is Marlon Cheeto Vera. He is the pride of Ecuador. And he may in fact be next for the UFC bantamweight title. He did win on August the uh, 19th as well against Pedro Munoz. And so let's see what he has to say about the whole situation. He joins us now via the Magic Zoom. Hello, Cheeto. How are you? What's up, my boy? Come right. on, bring it on. Put hey. some music on. You gotta give me like some chat, 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 chat. Welcome to the show, you know. To the Cheeto show. Yes, I know. We need to work on that. We're you a little rusty. That. It's been a few weeks. And, and I know. And true to form, Cheeto, it's amazing. I've never talked to you and you look the same. Like you always look different. Like even now, you look like a different human being. How do you make this happen? You always look dramatically different. I mean, you got to keep the spice going on, right? It's all about flavor. I mean, the steak is going to be the same. The salmon is going to be the same. The pork is going to be the same. But it's how you cook it. Respect. How you seed it. How you pan fry it. You know, there's many ways to do it. And I'm a, you know, I'm a mention of the multiverse. You know, I got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I make a little bit of this. And I smoke a little bit of that. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You look, by the way, you look so young without the beard. It's a nice, what do you think? I know, bro. It's I, after every fight, I have this thing like I kind of like let the hair go either from the head or from the face. The same was from the face and I kind of like let it grow back again. That's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I just do that to kind of like renew my spirit in I a like way. It. And I don't know. I, Honestly, I don't know. I just do it just because. Sometimes I look at the mirror and I'm like, hmm, I'm going to do that. I like it. You start from scratch. You, 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 you go through a big moment in your life, and then you kind of uh, you wipe the, 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 the slate clean, as they say. Um, we spoke to you after the Corey fight, and then 
when you thought you were fighting Henry Cejudo, it ended up being Pedro Munoz. After all that stuff, and then here you are fighting on this big card, and you look at the top of the rankings and you say, hey, if Sean wins, I could be right in the title picture. How are you feeling going into Boston? I didn't speak to you once the change happened. How are you feeling? Like, how was the confidence coming off the Sanhagen fight? How are you feeling about yourself, the fighter? I mean, I always see it in this way, right? Um, it didn't went well against Sanhagen. Of course, it's a down moment. It's a low moment in, in, in anybody's life when you, have, when you have a failure like that. But at the end of the day, it's how you get up, right? So to me, it was like, okay, cool, depressing, sad, fuck, I hate it. But then it's like, there's only two options out there, right? You can either just stay down and, you know, think about how could better you could be or how better things could be, or just get up and make it better. And that's what I did. Wow, that was, was weird. That did you hear that? That was, that was crazy. No, I don't know what just happened. Frank, what we just happened? We had a computer problem back there. Oh, geez. Sorry about that. Um, the, uh, sorry for throwing it's you off so there. Good. No, I'm, I'm focused, man. Uh, and the case, you know, just get up, get up, stand up, you know, do it again, do it better, figure it out. And, you know, when they give me the Sejuro fight, I was like, huge fight, let's go. Then that fell through. And I was like, I don't, me and coach were like, doesn't matter who it is. We just need to fight that day because it's just, it's very important to fight that day. They're fighting for the bill. Yeah. If I go to there and perform well, chances are that I could be fighting for the bill. So. We just decided to stay there. We took the fight against Pedro, which it was it's a risky fight. That's a tough, that's a tough guy. That's a guy that's very experienced. And I mean, I pretty much pimp him the whole fight, control him, put in the show I normally put. And right now it's everything is up to the UFC. I mean, if they want me to fight for the bill, I'm available. If they want to give me number one contender or any of those guys in the top five, also I'm available. But I mean, I feel like now could be the best time. Hmm. And and we're going to get to that in a moment. I'm, I'm just curious, once you found out about Cejudo um, dropping off and not knowing yet about Pedro, were you bummed or did you feel like it would all work out? I was, I was kind of like bummed out because the fight was a big fight. But in the, in the other hand, you know, you can control those things, those things. You can, you know, you can make sure the other person show up or is healthy or whatever. So I was just like, I mean, it is what it is, man. You just got to like, let it go, forget about it, and keep working. Because at the end of the day, if you're ready, doesn't matter when the phone rings. The problem is when you're not ready and that phone rings, then you're kind of in a, in a fucked up situation. So, so far, so good, man. Um, I make sure I control what I can control, which is staying in shape, staying healthy, motivate myself, stay disciplined. The rest, fuck it. It's just life. You got to fucking, you know, yeah. just... Roll with the punches. Were you happy with your performance against Pedro? Oh, yeah. I think it was a great performance. I mean, look the guys he fought. He 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 fought uh, all the top guys, former champions, and he he keeps fighting till the end. He he keeps trying till the end, and towards the end in the third round, I felt like I was close to finishing. He I wobbled him a couple of times, and he is a tough guy, and I was able to control him. I was able to put my range and I, I, I did fucking a beautiful, I showed a beautiful boxing, used my job. My conditioning was on point. I don't even break a sweat, not in, in a way, but you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I was, I was focused. I was, I was, I was doing my thing and 
it was a good fight. I mean, the crowd was excited. They were stoked about it. So, crowd was great. I'm cool with that. Um, so you did your part, and then we get to the main event. Were you ultimately surprised that it played out that way? Not at all. Um, the way Aljamain was handling himself, like he was kind of like, uh, he was fighting too much with the crowd. He was trying to tell the crowd, oh, I'm going to show you this. Oh, you guys will see. Fuck the crowd. I mean, you don't have to prove them. I think he wastes a lot of energy in the crowd, mm. in the people, on what people say. And eventually when you get to the, to the actual fight, you put so much energy into kind of like let people know. Fuck people. Fuck what people say. I mean, just fucking focus on yourself, kick some ass and be like, I told you so. But I felt he was very, instead of like going back and forth with his opponent, he was going back and forth with the crowd. Um, that Mentally, that don't help you. Reading fucked up comments, reading fucked up shit, that's not healthy. And I felt he really pay attention to that. He kind of reminds me of Tyron Woodley when Tyron was champion. Mm. Like, instead of, like, enjoying the moment, being, like, so happy and so fucking, I'm the man, they were kind of, like, too focused on what people say or people on, on the public opinion, and that's not healthy, man. Did you feel the result was the best-case scenario for you? I, I, I personally think it was. Did you feel the same? Oh, yeah. That was, that was definitely the best scenario for myself. And, I mean, I have a win over the guy. He keeps claiming whatever he needs to claim. So, I mean, now he's the one that got to prove himself. I don't, I already did it. I'm the one that is beating former champions, top guys. I mean, I'm in a great spot, if you ask me. So, you know, sometimes when someone wins the belt, they say like, hey, you know, come to me or let the UFC. But he has specifically said that this is the biggest fight. This is the fight that he wants. Does that surprise you? No, I mean, the guy's a, he's a huge fan of mine. I mean, he want to do it, we can do it. I mean, he's the one asking for it, but then he kind of like contradict himself because he just talks so much that sometimes he don't, he don't remember what he says or he changes topics. And then he's like, once you say too much, you can go back to the original message. So to me, I'm just like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm living good life. I'm working my ass off and I'm hungry as fuck. So... It's up to him. I don't need to like chase him or talk him to fight me. I mean, put it like that. These are my options. I can fight for the bell. Best scenario. I could be world champion next fight, right? Right. Besides that, I can fight Aljamain. I can fight Mirab. I can rematch Corey. I can f put my foot on Sehuda's mouth. I mean, options are wide open. Yeah, there's a lot of options, but obviously none bigger than fighting for the belt. And and you're always so nonchalant Nothing. about the belt, but like this is it. The the scenario couldn't have, imagine back in March us talking about it would all play out like this, right? Where by the end of the year you could be fighting for the belt, and then of course the fight happens, you could be champion. Like this is incredible. I feel like now's the time we have to put the foot on the gas here, and we have to demand this. This is what we want. I mean, I text Zayna, okay. I text Hunter. Okay, I did my part. I'm like. I'm like Hi guys, would you guys would like to talk to me? <laughs> Are you guys interested in going for dinner and get this done? I mean, I feel, I just feel like there's no way this doesn't happen. I mean, how you don't make it happen? Right. I mean, the whole top five is either in your or, or over vacation. So make it happen. 
Yeah, it's right it's there. It's gotta happen. I mean, there's there will be a better time than now. And I mean, event and at the end of the day, you can tell the UFC what to do. They're fucking big boss. They say, shut up, shut up, within this, within that. I don't give a fuck who you are. O'Malley's not calling the shot. I'm not calling the shot. We both want to fight? Yes. If they ask me when you would like to fight, I say, you put the day, you put the time, I'll be there. It's up to Dana, Honor, Sean Shelby. And I have a feeling they want to do this too. So if you guys are listening, I'm in. Send papers. I signed that shit. Let's do it. He has mentioned December. Are you cool with that? Three months from now? Yeah, we're cool. We're good. <laughs> good timing. Do you feel like December is too soon? I mean, it is three months from now. Um, and there's... Oh, we said too far. Too far, okay. Yeah. I mean, we could go MSG. We could go... That'd be sick. I don't know. I don't think we will make it to Australia next week, but we could make it to MSG. I mean, I'm healthy, man. I ran 13 miles yesterday. I grappled yesterday in the morning. I'm feeling good. I'm healthy. I'm seeing coach after this. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't have issues with that. I'm healthy. I'm strong, fucking loaded with fucking good shit, good vitamins, good energy, good food, good sun. What a life. You name it. You're, what a life. But we, we've talked about this life, Cheeto, and you're like literally on the doorstep now of achieving a dream. Do you allow yourself to go there at night? Do you allow yourself to dream? Do you allow yourself to think about it? I mean, it's been quite the oh, story. Yeah. When you were in the studio here, remember a couple of Novembers ago, you were telling us about your upbringing. I mean, you could have been further away from that dream. Ecuador, of all places. Ecuador doesn't produce UFC I mean, champions. And now look at you. I tweet that the other day. I say... I could be a world champ by December. Life's crazy. And life's crazy, man, because it, the way it's happening, I mean, it's, man, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, look what I'm seeing right now. I'm, like, coming all the way from Ecuador, thinking, hoping one day I could put a foot in the UFC. I could fucking pick up the trash from the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, you love that, those three letters so much, and you want to be part of that seen you want to be part of that movie so hard that once you're on it you're like holy fuck and then 22 fights later on your prime on the highest level you can be with the right people around you you could be fighting for a world title next i mean you just gotta you just gotta hold into something that you love and that you dream that you hope and hold fucking hard because you you will get there. It's it's not guarantee, but you will get there. I mean, how how come not if you don't stop? How come not if you don't if, if you don't stop working, if you don't stop dreaming, if you don't start researching and just trying to get there? How come not? In March, was there any part of you that stopped believing a little bit? No, man. It was just it was just a fucking bad night, man. It was it was part of the deal, and you have to understand. Shit like that is gonna happen. There's there's gonna be darker days. There's gonna be harder days. You're gonna you're gonna have obstacles in the way, and you know sometimes you gotta get in the side of the road, fix some things, go back again. But don't get me wrong, I could easily 
be demoralized and be like, ah, fuck, this is not for me. Fuck this, fuck that. No, bro, you fucking you say, okay, that's fine. That specific day wasn't for me, but there's only one thing you can do and it's fucking get back in the horse, say fuck to all those negative thoughts, make sure you have a good traffic back again of like, yes, you can, and go back at it. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a person that let this go or do things halfway. If I decide to do something, all the way in. There's no left, there's no right, there's no maybe, there's no second plan. There's no maybe this option. I don't, I don't, I don't play like that. Once I've said something in my mind, it's going to happen. And what a summer for you, by the way. Speaking of this great life, I saw you recently surfing with the great Kelly Slater. The, how, how was that? I mean, what a dream, right? I mean, this Bro, is the Michael Jordan I mean, of surfing, the legend, the GOAT. I mean, that's, that's the... It will, I don't believe there will be ever another athlete like that in the sport of surfing. I mean, and the fact that... I mean, going talking about life is crazy. When I was 14 years old, surfing in playas, Ecuador, I would put Quicksilver stickers on my board and I would buy his brochures and I would buy his shirt and the hat he's wearing and the sandals he's wearing and I would be just like, man, you saw Kelly video last week, it was crazy, blah, blah, blah. And you think or talk or, or talk about the guy that you will never meet. And today, 2023, that guy's your friend. You guys FaceTime, he invites you to the pool. He supports your career. You guys speak each other's mind, especially me up to him because he's just the experience of competition he have, the amount of knowledge he have about health and longevity and training and movement. So to me, it's like, holy fuck. I just know, I just don't, I'm just not happy and talk about that I know cool people because you will get to know cool people. You will get to know all these people. But the people that you grew up watching, and dreaming to one day be cool with. Now they're cool with you. So it's like, it's epic, man. Crazy. It's fucking cool. Was that your first time surfing with him? Second time. Second time. Look at you. Did you go to that ranch of his yeah. that he built? Yeah. That's where you were? Uh, he was there. In, Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. What is that like? Perfect. Bro, it's a perfect wave. Great food. Coffee. The staff is fucking amazing. They're very fucking gentle. They're cool. The guys in the Jets kids, they pump you up. They're like, let's go. Fucking get in the barrel. I mean, that place is, it's like doing drugs without even doing drugs. I mean, that place is the best place on earth. That, that's like whatever kid dream about Disney. That's for me the rest of my life. I mean, that place is, a, is amazing. Wow. How long were you there for? The whole entire day. Wow. I mean, they do hits, right? So this time, these four surfers will surf. This time, these okay. six people will surf. And I, got, I will do my hits. I will surf when, when I'm supposed to be. But when it's not my time, I sit on the middle. So if somebody fails, I take the wave. Uh -huh. So like I surf the whole entire day. I mean, after a fight, all the stress, wake up, fight come, getting to do that and just for one day, just surf enjoy talk to the people you like hang out with a bunch of surfers and just eat with food 
fucking amazing, man. Uh, how did you? Even do my that? wife got to catch a wave. Wow, is she good? I mean, first time ever. Oh, Kelly put her on a longboard, he paddled, and she stand up. It was fucking epic. I mean, your first wave. Kelly's there to help you yeah. get it. <laughs> That's dope. That is amazing. By the way, when you're in his presence, like, are you nervous, like, about your form, about, or is it just like a bud hanging out with him? Bro, when when he's on the jet ski, he's like, he tell me like, hey, bend your knees, like, don't move too much your arms, like, you know, keep this, blah blah blah. I'm a good listener. So the fact that he gave me some advice right before I catch my next wave, I went like, oh my God. I mean, if I could serve with him for 30 days straight, I'm going to be fucking good. Uh, that is incredible. That is great. And then also they were telling yeah. me about this guy, Um, you know, I know Kelly Slater. Uh, I've, I've talked to him. He's a huge MMA fan and a legend. I know all about his great uh, accomplishments. I'm unfamiliar with Zach Bryan. Who's this Zach Bryan that you were on the stage with? This is a big deal as well. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a homie. He's a he's a country music guy, and he have amazing story. I mean he went to he told his story on the European podcast. Me and me and House, my manager, we like this guy, and Jason got to meet him one time in New York. He was playing in this bar for like ten people. Wow! I mean he was he he was doing it for fun. He was in the army, just writing songs and doing YouTube videos and boom, viral. So this guy's not like a guy that worked his whole entire life to be a musician. This guy's fucking talented as a mother and he can fucking perform too. Like again, I don't listen to every single country music guy. I only listen to Zach Bryan and he's fucking amazing. The way he can perform, the way he goes in the stage and the whole fucking crowd. And like two years ago, no, a year ago. After the cruise fight, I went to one of his concerts. Smaller band in LA. They asked me, you wanna go to the session? I was like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I stayed uh, boxing with Theo Bond and I kind of was like, I was shy. I was like, I'm not fucking going and sing like that. Fast forward to fucking sold out Crypt Arena. Wow. And they asked again, you guys wanna go on upstage? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't, I'm fucking scared. I, I don't wanna give me the fucking mic like that. It's fucking gnarly. And, they took me upstairs. We make eye contact. He's like, come on. I was like, okay, I can't be a pussy. So I just went and did it. But it was, dude, it was nerve wracking. I was like fucking singing my ass off. It was epic, dude. That is incredible. And this is all after the fight. This is like, this, these two things happened in the last 15 days. Crazy. What a life, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, dude, I got so much shit to have fun and to focus on. That's why I don't engage with these pussies online. I mean, there's no, I'm just, so much fun things that I don't have time for these kids. I've been like arguing with them online and call each other fucking whatever, you know. Who's talking shit? I let them do that for me. Who's talking shit? I mean, you know, all the whole division goes oh, back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you feel about the whole Aljo Marab thing? It's sad, man. It's sad because they, I get the friendship, but I mean, they should know better in this business. I mean, Marab is kind of fucked because. Both guys are fucked. I mean, I feel like they won't fight each other. You can promote their fighting each other, but they all fuck. I mean, you should go to 45, you should go to 25, fuck off. Because, I mean, they hold the division for a minute. Now it's weird because now it's like, the, all you was like, I'm going to go to 45 and beat Volkanovski, blah, blah, blah. He got beat in a pretty fairly easy fight. Now it's like, he's all... Upset, I'm guessing. I want the rematch, but now his homie that was supposed to fight for the belt is like, no, now you gotta wait because I really wanna do this 
it's just a fucking shit show. And Dana is not gonna let that one go. He, they're gonna get punished, you know. They're gonna get they're gonna get put in the freezer for a while. I'm assuming. Just you don't make the division wait. Mm. I mean, I could wait. I could decline the Sanhagen fight, sit down, wait, and there will be no argument in fighting for the belt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But why wait? Why wait when you can fucking go in there, put in the show, get more reps? I mean, it's business. I get the business. I, I want to be a world champion, but I want to be a good champ. I don't want to be a champ for a day. By the way, um, O'Malley really wants to fight Tank Davis. He knows it won't be next, but how do you think he does against Tank? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're just like skill. Like if you were to take off your hat of like, you know, in, in the, like just as a fan, how do you think that you think he has a chance or it's crazy? I mean, I want to play tennis against Federer too, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. How do you think the rematch goes? How do you envision it going? I kick his ass again and fucking get the bell. Simple as that. What a life, Cheeto. Step on the head, on the way. I love it. Well, good to talk to you again. Uh, congratulations on the win, my friend. Uh, much love. Do you have any, are you doing anything else? Are you going to play basketball with Michael Jordan, maybe? Or uh, you're going to go run with uh, Carl Lewis or something? What do you got? What do you have planned? I mean, as is now, just training. Uh, not not too much plans yet. So just training, staying ready, do my thing, cook a bunch of tomahawks. <laughs> we'll see. But it, there's always cool shit that action is coming in a couple of weeks. So ah, come that's on. another. Fun that's my thing. dream, by the way. You, I, I, one day I just want to be in the presence of you in action. This two of the coolest people I know. I just, I just want to be. I don't want to. I don't. I don't need to say anything. I just want to be a fly on this the wall. Flew, uh, flew in any time. I think it's coming at the end of September. So, I mean, when my boy's in town, there's no way we don't link. So I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, I, I love your friendship. You guys are, are are two of the best people I know. Uh, congrats on the win. I hope you get the title shot. I hope it all works out. I, I can't wait to see how this all plays out. Thank you as always for coming on the show. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. There he is, Cheeto Vera, the man, the pride of Ecuador, on the program. What a guy. Oh. Oh, yeah? No, no, he was just saying. It's, you know, it's bothering me. I'm going to try one more time. It's really bothering me. Let me try one more time. Let me, I'm going to try one more time. All right, man. You gonna try one more time? <laughs> oh, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I like I told we're live on the air. By the way, I just want to let you know. Okay. Uh, I just I have this like thing. You know, I'm very neurotic. I hate ending conversations without saying goodbye. So I just wanted to say bye. I was about to wrap it up, and it's been bothering me that I couldn't say goodbye. So I just want to say goodbye and thank you for coming on. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, sorry, my phone overheated. It's fucking hot out in Phoenix. I'm on the way to the gym right now to go train so I can beat up whoever it is next. How was, uh, you had Cheeto on after me, right? Yeah, yeah, Cheeto. Uh, he, was he... it fucking boring or was it all right? No, it was good. It was good. You know, I, I like yeah, Cheeto yeah. a lot. Uh, he He's ready to fight in December, by the way. So if you, if you were wondering about his availabilities, he's ready to go. Well, of course he is. He ain't going to get no fucking title shot any other way. He's got to go. He's got to try to get it while he can. He definitely didn't earn it, you know? Uh, he feels good about his performance against Pedro, by the way. No and... way he said that. <laughs> 
He did, yes. He said it was... Oh, did he, he said, watch it, or did he just have a different remembering of what happened? No, no. He uh, he feels good about it, and, uh, and, and, and felt like Aljo was a little too focused on the crowd and uh, wasn't really... Fo- Aljo would fuck Cheeto up. Wow. You uh, think... Oh, did we lose him again? This is the word. No, we're having. <laughs> Are you still there? No, no, it didn't overheat. We're still there. We're still there. In any event, um, he's exci- yeah. I would love to see it happen. I think this would be one of the biggest. By the way, uh, last thing: if if your main event, if you're on the December card, are you main event, or would they put one of the higher weight guys above you? too worried about not being main event it wouldn't hurt ego wise i don't think uh i just don't i don't see who would main event over me right now at this point i think uh the only people that really would right now are are probably izzy and uh connor right you know obviously charles islam's a massive fight i, I can see that being being a main over me but even then i don't know i feel like i carry my own card so i would be very surprised if i was a co-main event in my next fight as would i oh yeah one last thing was that really marab in in the rain over there yeah I, people were saying i didn't know it was marab of course i knew it marab who else is fucking five foot three ugly as hell and lives at the ufc pi i knew it was marab that's crazy did you talk to him he did i mean he, he came over and said you know much respect i said sorry about knocking you out and uh he said no worries and it was it was all good okay all right well uh you're the man thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it uh have a great day and uh always appreciate you not changing and coming on the show and giving us some time of course there uh, peace out brother have a good day all right you too much love there he is sugar sean o'malley what a guy now i feel much better by the way you look better. Yeah, I feel much better. I was just worried about it. I was like, feel like... I, I thought we were going to lose him again. I know. We restart this whole saga. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, uh, you try to just close the loop. You, you guys know what I mean? Like when you say goodbye to someone and you don't... Or you want to say goodbye and you don't get to say goodbye, it's a, it's a shitty feeling, right? Kind of like when I texted you last night and you didn't say anything about it. Yeah, I had enough of you. I mean, you almost ruined my whole like MMA hours on fire thing. We don't need to get into all that. Yikes. Um, let me just get some water here. So that was fun. A nice little back to back. How how great would that build up be, right? I mean, I just have to say the Sean joining from the swing outside, Marlon <laughs> out in his in his garden wherever he was. I mean, just two chill guys. Great interviews. I mean, that was the vibes, right? Out, right? Oh, the vibes. The vibes. Are excellent. And then Sean, I was cracking up that entire time on the on the phone there. On the swing or right now? Just now on the phone, oh, yeah. driving to the gym, talking about the interview. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, well, let's keep the good vibes going. We've got uh, one of the absolute best in the game. What a personality, and and what a what a run he has had since leaving the UFC. And like I said, uh, the scene just uh, ten or so days ago at that press conference was crazy, and the, the fact that he was the 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 calming vision, voice, presence, if you will. Was uh, was quite comical and fun, I thought. I'm talking about Platinum Mike Perry. He's kind enough to join us right now. I can't wait to talk to him, as always. There he is. Hey, Mike, how are you? <laughs> this is incredible. What's up, player? How you doing, my boy? I'm doing great. You look fantastic, Mike. Oh, thank you, sir. You know it's the money. The money. Call me money, Mike, now, baby. Okay. Check my palm pilot real quick. <laughs> where are you, by the way? Is this your new house? This doesn't look like the usual spot where you join us from. Yeah, this is the Cribbo, the Platinum Casa. Look at you. Welcome. Wow. I got you... my gold pillow. 
you got the freaking glasses, the shades. You got the gold chain. Is that a Cuban link? Is that what they call those? I don't this know. Is a, this is an Armani suit. Uh, this is a Cuban link. Yes, about 30 carats of diamond, about 300 grams of gold. Fucking hell. No shirt under there. You know you're a bow. Oh, you got a watch, too. You got everything. Holy smokes. You're killing You know the Rolex with the diamond bezel? <laughs> Uh, this is fantastic. Okay, so we have a lot to talk to you about. Thank you so much for the time. You look tremendous. Never better. How did this whole situation come about? You as the backup fighter, the fighter of all fighters, Mr. Fighter. You look up fighter in the dictionary, and you're the backup fighter for Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. And then essentially for Dylan Dennis is, is what we're being told. Like, if he doesn't show up, you're, you're stepping in. How did this all come about? Man, I think the... Uh... I'm on the Paul brothers radar. Um, you know, we got little tiny history and, and I think they did research on me before they entered the fight game. They picked and choose the, who they looked at. Um, uh, speaking of Jake, that, that picture Dylan posted of Jake tapping out in a wrestling match. So that was funny. Um, but you know, I, I just think I'm on their radar. Um, and obviously I've got a lot of skin in the game. I've learned uh, quite a few lessons and I've uh, had some successes and, you know, we're still moving up. The The platform is rising and, um, you know, I'm looking to do that the best way possible, be the best professional I can be, uh, whether that means entertaining the crowd. I'm not quite going as far as Dylan Dennis will go with the uh, posting of other people's uh, significant others and things like that. Um, I keep it professional as far as fighting is it's a dirty game already i just want to get in the ring and punch you in the face so you know it's i gotta get the fans in tune though i gotta get the eyes on the show and then they'll be like oh we need to watch this um i've just always done it in a different way i don't really want to because i don't know i treat others how i want to be treated i definitely don't want somebody to come do that stuff to me but if they did if they chose to do those things with my girl i mean you know, Darren Till, he made the raw dog beer uh, and, you know, he never cut me a check. So I, that's another fight I'm trying to make. And in time, I'll get in the ring and I'll get to put my hands on these people. That's what I look for. Uh, and I want to ask you about all those guys, but do you feel comfortable with the idea of being the uh, backup fighter? Because there are some people out there that would say like, yo, I'm no backup. Like I should be on the car. Why am I a backup? Well, I mean... Look, I've been I've been trying to get on the card. I mean, we're trying to make all types of fights to put me on that card and just get in a boxing ring and fight someone or be prepared as the backup. That's the point uh, of me is like, I'm prepared. Like, hey, call me up. I'll be there. If I got to get in the ring, I will. And uh, if I don't, I'll still be compensated. And, um, you know, otherwise... Uh, we're waiting to fight. Um, I got a BKFC main event lined up for Dallas, Texas, uh, in December. Oh, and, um, yeah, man. So that is, it's going to be their biggest card ever. So I'm looking forward to going and doing that, uh, you know, promote that a little bit. BKFC bare knuckle boxing. I really enjoy the bare knuckle and I'll put the gloves on and I'll beat up Logan and then make his brother Jake come chase after me. He probably won't, though. They they seem to hate each other. It's it's an interesting dynamic. What do you make of that? Um, you know, I guess 
you know, if it was my brother, I don't know. I look at the the Tate brothers, Andrew Tate and them. I've they've really grown on me since they've come out. Uh, since I've noticed them maybe a year or two ago, uh, they've really grown on me. Some things they say or a- Andrew Tate says, I'm like, ah, whatever. Other things he says, I'm like, you know, the brother thing that they got going on, they got each other's back. Uh, they said they would never fight each other, blah, blah, blah. I grew up with people, not my blood, like real, real brothers, but they are like my real brothers in another way. And and we talked about, you know, if we had to fight each other for 10, 20 mil, uh, you know, the benefits to family, we fight like men, we try to knock each other out and, and or I do knock them out and then, you know, we go home together. By the way, side note, uh, who are you fighting in December for BKFC? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you kind of skirted by Wouldn't that one. You like to know, I would sir. like to hey, know. Hey, look, yes. I'm the main part. I'm the main event. Okay. It's, it's that's all the people really need to know at this point that soon there will be an announcement that BKFC will make. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want I don't want the guy to get, you know, scared and run away and not be the opponent. Um if it does change, it is what it is, but if it does not change, you know, the the announcement should be coming soon. Uh the opponent should get people excited and um should be a bloodbath, man. Any chance it's Conor McGregor? Ha. That I don't I don't think so because I think he's pretty locked up with the UFC. Yeah, uh, it was right there. They, he was in your face, in your ring. It was, it was Yeah, yeah. I asked for the face off just for the the attention that Conor brings. I mean, he's 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 done it, man. He reached the pinnacle and everyone pays attention. And he was at the show and I just wanted to give him a little ring time. Thanks for coming. Thanks for the good looking face off. We both look tough in there. You got a little attitude. I was uh, cool as a cucumber and, um, you know, just extra attention, man, for the sport, for me. And an idea, a possibility, maybe someday the, the fans crave it so much they're like all right ufc all right dana white we gotta let connor go fight mike perry in bare knuckle boxing can i throw out one more name or does does this game like is this bothering like you don't you won't tell me either either way ah uh, man you know if you get it right i think you'll get it right cerrone Oh, no, he got it wrong. Fuck, I got it wrong. Damn, all right. I don't think he wants to do it. He already said uh, if his teeth broke, he quit too. He's He don't want to do bare knuckle boxing, man. And he's like, uh, you know, he wants $5 million and he's a movie star now. You know, Cerrone, you know, he, he just going to have to uh, go back to jujitsu, man. All right. Um, there's obviously the uh, MVP rematch out there, perhaps that as well. But I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, did I get that right? No. Okay. Perfect. But yeah, that you know they haven't. I mean, is he in the UFC? No. To the best of, the, of my knowledge, I mean, unless he signed yesterday. Oh, I thought they were saying that he signed. Who said that? A, a, a couple of medias on in, Instagram. Oh. I saw that he signed, and that maybe they were just. He was trying to get signed. He was over there in yes. the crowd. Yes. I thought that he signed with them. Um, I know Misfits Boxing was trying to get me and MVP to fight. Oh. Who knows? I was like, man, who knows? I was like, watch 
Dylan, look, I'm prepared to fight October 14th. All the credible people I know say that I'll be fighting October 14th on the Misfits card. And, you know, who knows? Uh, Dylan and Logan both back out. And it's <laughs> me and MVP boxing each other. Uh, the last, hey, Mike, you're here. Why don't I take the fight? Yeah, for sure, man. Six, six rounds boxing against MVP. Let's do it. So 195 pounds. Do you think, ultimately, do you think Dylan shows up? I so far have thought so because, and then I saw that he had a son. So I'm like, oh, he's got to fight. He has a son. I didn't know that. He just had a baby and he'd been posting pictures. Oh, you got beef with Dylan though. I mean, I mean, I, I muted his ass a long time ago. He want, he's dying to come back on the show. He keeps, you know what he does? He DMs me and then he tries to like extend an olive branch and then he'll delete it so that there's no like proof of the DM, he loves to do this move. So I don't really have beef with it. I mean, I was the guy who would keep having him on my show all these years, and people would be like, stop, stop, stop. And I enjoyed his personality, but then he just got like, I don't know, he got annoying. You he, know what I mean? He became... He definitely get a lot of attention, man. Why does he get so much? Like, I uh, mean, I know he's posting some pretty insane stuff, and people are really enjoying it, but... Has man, he gone too far? Is is that is that, a, is that a line that one should not cross? Apparently not to the fan base. He's got, you know, 100 million views and the stuff that he's been posting on Twitter and Instagram, and it's like, you know, apparently that's what people feed into. Uh, maybe they're just not happy with their lives and how things are going for them, so they see another person suffering, and they're supporting the... Uh, the crazed maniac that's doing it. So, you know, but one thing about a crazed maniac, man, you got, I got, I want to see, you know, you know what happens when I get in the ring, man, I go bonkers, man, yeah. balls to the wall. We're throwing heat, baby. That's what, that's what, you know, I want to see. So if, I, if he I does, see if too. he doesn't, I'll be ready to fight. But you think he does Maybe show I'll up? fight in the crowd. Maybe Julian Elaine will throw some <laughs> cards at me with the crowd of the Misfits and, I'll fucking start fighting him in the crowd. Who knows? But ultimately, you actually, because there's a lot of people who don't think. I have said that I do think he shows up, and it sounds like you agree. Yeah, you know, he backed out of the uh, KSI fight. He didn't have a camp, but it looks like he's been training. He's been posting training videos. I mean, maybe his main sparring partner was Aiden Ross. Not sure how that's going to benefit him mm -hmm. in the fight against Logan Paul. Um, they were just letting each other punch each other in the head. Look, you know, Dylan was showing how tough he was, his coconut head. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it'd be more entertaining boxing match if I was in it. So that's the <laughs> thing that I don't understand. You're, 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 you're a big star. You're on a roll. Your popularity is only growing. Why aren't you on the card? Like, you know, if they want to make you the backup in case they can shuffle things. But I feel like you should have a slot on the card regardless, no? Well, the thing is, Logan Paul is worth the fight, fighting the Paul or fighting, you know, a KSI or a Tommy Fury. Yeah. Those are worth it uh, to me, to my team, uh, to my bank account. They're worth it to my, my, um, you know, my, my Le leveling up process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your legacy. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Even though, you know, they're not. I mean, I guess just because of the attention and and the eyes. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, the real money is is in 
bare knuckle boxing with me. Okay. And and there's not a lot of willing opportunity, uh, willing people to step in there and do that. And and bare knuckle, uh, like they're okay with you doing this misfit stuff. Yeah, man, I'm here to promote uh, them. Ultimately, um, as I'm signed with them, I'm their their main main guy, yeah. main uh, track, if you will. And um, you know, everything I do now, I'm happy to say, uh, is, is for them, will benefit them, and and can lead to bigger, better fights for me, for them, for us. And um, you know, and you know, it'd be cool to just put the get in the boxing ring and put the gloves on and, and show what I can do there. You actually recently re-signed with Bare Knuckle. Why did you decide to go back? What did you, did you consider anything else? Um, man, there was, uh, there was some options on the table. Um, but Bare Knuckle just seemed like such a great fit. And obviously, um, you know, they like me. I like them. We want to keep this relationship um, rolling on a positive note and and take this sport up. And and I guess I can really see myself, you know, I've just been I've been dropping um, the fact that I've been watching, you know, the McGregor Mayweather press conference. I've been seeing clips of it here and there. And I'm like, man, look how intense they had all these different press conferences and all these different countries and states and uh it was packed every time people were there to watch them talk shit to each other and not saying that i'm as good a shit talker as those two legends but you know to possibly get to something that could get that much attention um i mean a bare knuckle boxing fight it's very exciting. It's exhilarating. It's fast paced. It's, it's, it's bloody. It's quick. You know, it's intense. So I think that I can make something happen and we could get people interested. Did you consider the UFC? Mm, no, because, um, the pay cut would have been too massive. Right. So, it's like, you know, whatever. And it's five-minute rounds, and it's MMA, and, you know, I like the boxing. Um, I mean, all I ever did in MMA, I mean, I know I trained lots of stuff, and I would even get kind of good at grappling, wrestling, or whatever in certain positions, and it's like I'm I'm fighting in a fight where they're like, get a takedown, and I'm like, you know I'm thinking about hitting him, right? Uh-huh. Now, I understand that's not an excuse and that, I should ultimately fight how I want to fight. So I'm the fighter. I'm the athlete, the one getting in there. So that's how I train now. I get in the ring and I fight my way now and I, I practice for it that way. So bare knuckle was a no brainer. Um, do you even ever do grappling jujitsu at the gym or have you not done that since leaving the UFC? No, I still do. I do. Um, like I'll go and I'll spar with the MMA guys. Okay. And I try to use my boxing, uh, you know, because it's much crisper, cleaner than it's ever been. So I'll use that in um, sparring them MMA. It's a little bit different range with the kicking. You know, like I'll do a boxing round with Lyoto Machida, and then I'll have to come back and I'll do a kickboxing round with him just because it's his forte. 
And it's just a much different round that that I have to be more, much more cautious. In boxing, I can be more reckless, and I am, and I do. I definitely go in, um, you know, I tuck my chin, and I, I go for it. So, and uh, I, I try to stuff the takedowns, catch them if they're attempting to take down with, like, uppercuts and the hands. I use the footwork, man. It's, it really seems to show me that all the boxing training, when I go to the MMA gym and, and you spar some stiffer, stronger MMA guys who are built to – they build everything up. I just feel like you can feel that all my boxing technique is really, you know, uh, taking a gap mm. on some of these guys' abilities. By the way, uh, Muzzletov, to you and your wife, you guys got married recently, right? Cheers. Yes, sir. Look at you, man. It's all coming together. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean, like, I feel like, could you say a couple years ago, it felt like, you could have gone one or two ways. And now it feels like you have gone down this path of great success. You seem to be in a great place, the family life together, the careers together. It could have gone in a different direction. How did you make sure that it went down the the best direction? Mm. True love, man. It's true love. Beautiful family, uh, beautiful wife. Um, you know, I'm pretty shallow guy, man. I'm pretty easy to read. You know, there's not this heart on my sleeve. You know, I'm like an open book. So you just turn the page. You can take a look. Uh, and, um, you know, true love really sparked the fire in me that um, that's always been there. That fire has always been there, but it really it focused that fire. and. Um, I know how to rest. I know how to recover. I know how to train hard. Um, and I know how to fight. And uh, I know how to be with my family. You know, I, I, I'm I, big on standing up for them. Like, you know, some people out there in the world, I feel like they will, they will walk over somebody that they feel like they can. If they can get away with it or if they can walk on someone, they will. And, you know, like so many times my girl might go out and say that and come back home. She was just running errands and something happened. Someone treated her some type of way. Someone looked at her, someone did this, but these things don't happen when I'm around. Mm. Um, Cause I won't allow it to happen, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean that I only have one way of dealing with it. I have multiple ways of dealing with things and that's what technique is. You know, there's, there's lots of ways around it. You cut an angle, you use your footwork, you uh, slip the jab you move your head and you roll. And, and um, you know, and, and the last, the last resort is the attack. And once I attack, if you get me to that point, you know, it's over for you. So, you know, I just, uh, I keep my cool, man. I love it. By the way, how many kids now? Like to you, Odyssey and Ocean. A lo- do you, you you change diapers? You big diaper changer? Yeah, for sure, man. I pick up. I got a German Shepherd too, man. You take Spe- them on walks. Pick up big piles <laughs> of shit. I'll keep my neighborhood. I I'll pick up big pile of dog shit. Come home. My son took his shit. Actually, we he's doing really good in potty training right now, man. I'm pretty proud of that. You know, he, he pooped in the toilet wow. uh, the other day. Yeah, I know it's a little. You know, TMI, but no, it's all good. You know, 
two years old, man. He's using the bathroom. He's using the potty. We just keep him naked around the house all the time. Don't worry. We made sure that he won't be walking into the camera. No, no. It's all good. But, I know exactly what know, it's that's like. That's been the big trick. So if you're potty training, just keep him naked and tell him, you know, you got to keep reminding him. Don't. If you got to use a potty, let us know. He's like, no. All the time. He's like, no. But now he's like going to use it. And because he's naked, so he doesn't want to pee on the floor. Right, right. Working, man. Exhilarating. Um, speaking of exhilarating, yeah. did you like that press conference that you were at in England? What do you think of it? It got a little crazy there. Ah, oh, man, John Fury's fun, man. He, uh, but he, you know, he ended the press conference a little early. Yeah. Uh, because he threw the tables. I guess they had to end it, and and um, you know, they were kind of just getting going. Um. I guess it can be fast like that, though. That's maybe how those things go. They said some things that they wanted to say. Uh, they got it out. They had the throwing of the tables, which gives good views. And and then here I was just off to the side. like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, with your I'm backpack just, on. I'm just fucking here. Chilling. Uh, I love you know, it. Not much to do. Yeah, I don't really have to say much, man. A lot of the people who do know me know that I'm going to fucking come and fight and hurt, you know, to hurt someone and as a professional in a in a technical manner and you know, I didn't I didn't we were talking about it on the side like should I get up on the table and throw the fucking tables off or the the stage and throw the tables off and be a clown and you know I, I didn't want to do that. I just but I do want to be entertaining. I just don't want to come off as such a fucking idiot when I do it. So, you know, I just had to go up on stage. I, I let God lead the way, bro. But I took my time. I didn't want to. I did upset some camera people. I guess I walked in front of some camera and the lady was like, oh, we're live on the air. I was like, oh, sorry. You know, and then I stayed standing off to the side and there's all these people and big security guards. And then. I'm like standing behind one of these cameras. I'm not touching nothing. I'm just kind of in my own little pocket because there's not much space. And then this camera guy comes over and he touches me on the shoulder. And he's like, he was like a younger dude. And he was like, if you, these cameras are very expensive. So if you come over here again, find my camera. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, bro. And I thought he was like playing like he knew me, right? And then I look at him in the face and I'm like, oh, oh, you're fucking serious? Ah, oh, fuck it, bro. Shut the fuck up, bro. Uh -huh. And he shut the fuck up. He didn't say anything else. But, and it was right then that they were like, as soon as I told that dude that, they were like, yeah, Logan's not going to do the face off with you. So we left. Oh. We're walking out of the arena. And then they call my guy, Malky, or uh, Primo, and he's like, He's like, all right, let's go back. So we went back, and then we did the face-off. I guess I just took a little cool-off because that camera dude really fucking pissed me off. I was so heated. But, like, hey, bro, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just fucking standing here, bro. You got to, you want to pick on me? You want to pick me to choose out of all these fucking people? Fuck, oh, dude. What, what, uh, what kind of vibe did you get from the face-off with Logan? Um... Man, I mean, it's. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's just a face-off, bro. It's just a face-off. There's nothing going on. It's just a face-off. We, we sized each other up. Um, 
you know, I wanted to put my hands up and I just, you know, we could have boxed right then. I think he'll be good. I think he is good. Um, I think he's, he plays smart. Uh, he'll run away. He'll, he'll move around. He'll have the flurries like he did with Floyd. Um, they tried to hit me from a long range cause he's taller, but, but I just can't stop looking at like our faces next to each other's like my face looks like I could take a sledgehammer and his face looks like when I swing, I'm going to smash his face and, you know, I'm going to hurt him. So, and I know how to catch him. There's not many places he can run in there. So, you know, I, a lot of people, a lot of the comments are like, ah, yeah, he's praying Dylan shows up to fight. I'm also like, damn, I kind of want you guys to fight because Dylan's been saying some crazy things. But what happens if Dylan does show up? And what if Dylan was to beat you now after saying all these things? Yeah, no, it's a lot of pressure on both guys. By the way, if Logan, for whatever, let's say he gets an injury or something, are you the backup fighter? Like, would you fight Dylan? Yeah, man, if they want me to, I definitely would. I would want to. I mean... I talked to Dylan a little bit in DMs. Uh, didn't I don't have anything bad to say uh, other than, you know, he said bad things about someone else. That That's nothing to do with me. Um, but it's fighting at the end of the day. So if I had to get in the ring with him, I'd do my job and I'd bust him up. I mean, I think I'm the better boxer. I'm the better fighter. I'm not, you know, and what would he say? Oh, he'll arm bar me or something. I don't know. He might not say anything. He might be like, who is that guy? Uh, who knows what Dylan would say? So, you know, the Paul brothers, that's the fight. I'm trying to fight both of them, maybe um, get to the Tommy Fury fight, the KSI. Let's see who wins that one. I'm, I'm thinking Tommy Fury wins that one. Um, no disrespect on that call out. It's it's Tommy Fury, man. He's so super famous. He's one of the Furies who's the best boxing family that's out there right now. And I'm just looking for recognition and pride and lots of fucking money. I love the fact that you're in the mix here. By the way, if you fight Logan, what would the weight be? Yeah, 195. Damn, okay. So a little bit bigger than you're you're used to fighting. Yeah, I fought Rock hold at 85. Yeah, a little bit bigger. Yeah, um, no problem. You know, if he's doing 195 and and uh, he said he was weighing 196, I mean, I'm pr- I said 189, 190. I could have been off. I might have been 194, 195. Um, I had McDonald's that morning. <laughs> um, not, you know, not a big fan of the food in England. I'm not going to lie. Don't kill me for it, but I'm not a big fan of the food. Um, we did have some all right chicken at this one spot. I forget what it was called, but you know, I love that I'm in the mix too, man. Just it's great. You know, it's a lot of talking, which is weird as for a fighter. No, you got to do that. It's great. I love you. Yeah, just kind of appeared. Uh, it was it was a great moment. I'm just curious before I let you go. Did you watch? Speaking of the Paul brothers, did you watch the Jake Nate fight? And if so, what did you think of it? Um. I thought um I thought Jake could have did a lot more. Um you know, I guess Nate was savvy as far he's always been durable and um I wasn't happy with the performance I saw from him. Uh obviously 
he was fighting a guy that was much bigger than him or bigger than he has been his whole life and in fighting and training and competing. Uh, he's always fought smaller weight classes, but it's Nate Diaz. He took a, he took the challenge and, um, you know, he showed up to fight the dude. The gloves, you know, uh, there was a little bit of pepper shots. I guess he got some shots in on Jake. Uh, they, nothing really affected Jake. Jake's got a big hard head. Uh, you can tell he's been boxing for a little while. He can take a good hit. I know he can, but, um, you know, his ability to break Nate down, I didn't see. Um, and you can keep training as long as you want, but, you know, you either have that or I don't know, because I used to have it right, but now I'm getting back to it. Now I'm TKO. I, I TKO'd the last guy. Um, you know, I'm looking to TKO the next couple guys, depending on if I fight here October 14th, TKO Logan. Um, and then in December, BKFC, I'm going to TKO my opponent there too. I love it. Mike, always a pleasure. Much love. You look great. You're in the mix. Hope we get to see you in action sooner rather than later, whether it's October 14th or that big December show. Still don't know the opponent on the December show. If you want to tell us before we let you go, all good. If not, we could wait. It's all, it's okay. Oh, man. What what do you guys think about... Um, oh. What do you guys think about BKFC announcing that oh. <laughs> next week. That's what they told me. Right. They told me right. to I don't want to get you in trouble. It's in Dallas, Texas. All right. So get your tickets in Dallas, man. Dallas is a great place. Uh, Till. And, uh, Till. It could be. Would it be Till? Is it Till? Is that the one? Just a... you. You wish. I wish too. What's, I wish that one. What's the deal with Till? Is he gonna fight or what? What's happening? He don't want to fight me, bare knuckle. Maybe uh, we're talking. Um, some misfits about that one. Right. See if we can get that. Man. That one needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, I remember in Poland, gotta you were up happen. on the thing. You remember that? got to happen, man. Let's fight, man. Or was it Singapore? That was Singapore, I think. When and you... then and then this fucking guy comes out and he looks like he'll be a judge. And he's a fucking UFC fighter now. And he says he seems to think that Hill was winning. Who said that? Who said that? Damage their points. You didn't see the video of this guy. He came out and said, I was like, who are the three dudes in the room when we sparred? They didn't come out. This one made a video and he's a UFC fighter. I didn't see that. I I forget his name. It's out there. I'll send it to you. Yeah. yeah. And and so three people saw and you wanted to, you wanted some, uh, some witnesses to speak up and say that you got the better of him. And he did. He said, he said, I busted Till. Till was bleeding. Wow. Uh, but he thought, he thought that Till was maybe winning. But it's because I'm telling you, Till was fucking big, bro. And he was like, he's got a solid base. He's got strong hips. And he tripped me like two or three times. I just kind of tripped over his feet. But he wasn't hitting me. So he hit me with one left, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, I know how to get around that. And I started punching him in the face. Easy, man. Mike Malott, the Canadian. Is that who it was? That's what I'm being told. Yeah, he was in there. Yeah. Yeah, he was in there. Oh, he's a fucking Canadian, too? (laughs) Come on, man. Canada's with this motherfucker. You should have said I was winning, bro. We'll have a word. I feel scared to come and fight me, but if you would have said I won that shit, I don't care what anybody says. I know who won that shit. I won that shit. 
I believe you. And that's why. That's why I tell folks ugly women. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Mike. That's it. <laughs> My women are beautiful, baby. Much love. Good luck to you. Thanks for coming on. Woman. Yes, one woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one woman. Right. Yes, yes. Right. Number one. One and only. Thank you, Mike. There he is. Platinum Mike Perry. The man. Uh, what a time. What a press conference that was. We'll see what happens. October 14th. Interesting time uh, to be involved in that uh, in that crazy world. There is certainly... You know, you know what a Venn diagram is, guys? Have you ever heard me talk about this? Yeah. There's like a thing here. And there's, a, there's an MMA cross-section in this... In this influencer boxing world um, and if you want to make sense of it perhaps you can call the good people over at BetterHelp what do you think uh, we love our good friends over at BetterHelp I've said this before uh, if uh, if you are looking to speak to someone an independent voice unbiased someone who isn't a family member a friend it's very important To have someone like BetterHelp in your in your life, I, I just want to say I'm reading this here, Frank, and it says, "Please do not read with music at the very top." So, if you or I don't want to get fired, maybe we shouldn't have music. What do you think? I mean, it's literally right there. Please don't read. With music. That's the first I've seen. Um, <laughs> I mean, good thing I read it. Yeah, no problems when Connor was reading the ads no. back on August 21st. You want to you want to tackle this one, Connor? Or no, you got it, brother. All right, cool. Um, and Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Anyway, um, all right, let's uh, move along as we thank our good friends over at uh, BetterHelp. Uh, I mentioned one of the other big stories since we were away was the retirement of the Korean zombie. He went up against Max Holloway, the week after 292 in Singapore, what a scene it was, what a walkout it was, what a fight it was. And then unfortunately in the third round, he got stopped. But then what a, what a, what a retirement it was in the cage, walking out, the music, the emotion, all that stuff and more. Uh, one of my favorite characters in the history of the sport, uh, one of the nicest guys in the history of the sport, one of the most beloved fighters in the history of the sport, an iconic figure with an iconic song and logo and fighting style. And so I wanted to have him on this show as well. Now, he is currently in Korea, uh, where right now it is 4.30 a.m. So we taped this interview uh, yesterday because I wanted to have him on the show and I didn't want him to wake up at 4.30 a.m. So it's all fresh. It's all new. 
but I wanted to have him on so very dearly, and he was so kind enough to come on, and it was tremendous. And I want to tell you something about this interview. You know, when, when you come back from a hiatus, you start to doubt yourself, you start to question yourself, you start to wonder, your confidence might be a little bit shaky. And then I spoke to Zombie, and I was like, this is why I love the sport, because of people like him. This is why I love this job. This is why I love talking to people, because of characters like Chan Sung Jung. It reminded me it was the best thing possible coming back from this, this little break. Like, perfect. The perfect guy, the perfect chat, the perfect conversation made me feel so warm inside, and I hope you feel the same as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. All right. Obviously, we couldn't have this return show without this man. Uh, he he stole our hearts just a couple of weeks ago in Singapore. He's one of the all-time greats, one of the most popular fighters in the history of mixed martial arts. And not that long ago, he called it a career after his fight against Max Holloway. You know him. He is Chan Sung Jung. He's the Korean zombie. Thank you so much, zombie, for joining us. I really, really appreciate you coming on here and talking about your great career in the fight against Max. 저는 정말 너무 인기가 많고 그 세계적인 MMA 파이터인 찬성님이 이 쇼에 나와서 너무 감사드리고 싱가포르에서 정말 모두의 심장을 앗아갔는데 이 맥스 할로웨이와의 시합 관련해서 또 얘기하려고 이 쇼에 나오신 거 감사하다. 아 나도 너무 고맙고 다른 사람은 몰라도 헤라니 쇼는 무조건 나와야죠. 감사합니다. Thank you for having me. Uh, I don't know about any other show, but if it's for Ariel Hawani, I'm always uh, open to uh, get on his show. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Uh, I watched your amazing video that you posted uh, on your YouTube channel, which is fantastic, by the way. You're doing incredible stuff over there, and I urge everyone to check it out. Um, and, and so I, I'd like to ask you kind of a follow-up about something that you said at the beginning of the video. Uh, now that it's been, you know, 10 or so days since the fight, has reality sunk in? The fact that your career is over, that you're no longer a UFC fighter, that you're not fighting, you're, you don't have a fight to prepare for, to think about, has that reality officially sunk in? YouTube 어 나는 이제 언제든지 싸울 수 있다는 마음이 이제 없으니까 나는 선수와 아닌 게좀 실감이 좀안 나고 이게 무슨 마음인지 모르겠어. 더 이상 싸울 수 있다는 게좀 되게 이상해. So my life has always been me uh, being able to fight whenever I wanted to fight, but after retirement, I mean the fact that I can't fight anymore even if I wanted to, the fact that you know there's no more fight that uh, I could do in the future, it's kind of confusing for me. Uh, it hasn't sunk in yet, so you know. I feel very weird right now. Did you know going into the fight that this would be your last one, win or lose, or did you decide in that moment? 그 저기 시합 들어갈 때 은퇴를 하겠다 안 하겠다 뭐 결정을 해놓고 들어갔는지 아니면 그 순간에 은퇴가 결정이 된. 나는 분명히 한국에서 한번더 시합을 하고 싶었고 음, 이번에 할로웨이를 이기게 되면 사실 야이를 올테가 이렇게 싸우고 싶었어요. So uh, I wanted, I definitely wanted to open uh, an event in Korea because, um, you know, I, I'm the only uh, person that could open a main event in Korea. So if I uh, beat Max Holloway, then I want to fight uh, Brian Ortega or Yair Rodriguez. So that was my plan, but um, turned out uh, I retired after the Holloway fight. And so I feel like you can still headline that event. I, I feel like they would still do that card and you could still be the main event and everyone would be very excited to watch you fight in Korea. 
ultimately, why did you make the decision right now to walk away? 지금도 메인 이벤트를 충분히 한 곳에 열 역량이 있어 보이는데 왜 은퇴를 결정을 했는지? 음그 이번에는 할로웨이 시합 때 모든 것이 다 기억이 나는데 세컨 라운드에 내가 피했다고 생각했는데 내가 이제 다운되고 퍼스트 라운드에도 막 흔들리고 마지막에도 못 걸었고 내 머리가 더 이상 이렇게 버텨주지 못한다 이걸 많이 느꼈어요. 뭐 내가 지금 누구라고 얘기는 하지 않겠지만 뭐 그런 파이터들이 많잖아요. 이런 옛날에 매치 엄청 셌던 파이터들이 뭐 요즘에는 막, 막 많이 맞고 막 이렇게 바로 다운되고 근데 그거를 이제 부정하게 되면 뭐 그런 선수들이 된. So the funny thing about this fight is I remember every single second of the fight uh, from the moment that I got dropped to every single punch I threw, every single punch that hit me. Um, in the second round when I got dropped, I saw the punch coming. I thought I dodged it, but I was dropped. So I was like, what hit me? In the first round, I was wobbled a little bit. In the third round, everybody saw I got uh, knocked down. Um, so, you know, after, uh, you know, experiencing these moments, I felt that I don't have that chin anymore. And, you know, I've been having brain damage for, uh, you know, uh, for over the years. So I don't have that chin anymore. I'm not going to say any names, but um, there are fighters who, when they were young, they used to have a really good chin. But then as they get older, they get brain damage and their chin gets weaker and they get uh, frequently dropped. But then if the fighter fails to acknowledge the fact that they got old and their chin got weaker, then, you know, the end isn't as lovely. So I didn't want to become that fighter. So I decided to retire at that moment. Do you, do you recall throughout your life and, and uh, obviously as a fighter, watching some of these fighters maybe stick around too long and saying to yourself, I don't want to be that guy? I mean, your last fight prior to this was for the belt. And here you are fighting, you know, arguably the second best featherweight on the planet, not named Alex Volkanovsky, Max Holloway, the former champion. And so you're still fighting the very best at, at the very top of, of the game. Um, you could stick around. And I'm just wondering if at one point in your career you said, I don't want to be that guy who sticks around and loses five, six in a row, and then it gets uncomfortable talking about the state of his career. I mean, during this fight, I did uh, uh, recognize the fact that I don't have the chin. I mean, um, you know, uh, being frequently dropped and, um, you know, punch, getting punched very lightly, but then getting dropped means um, I'm not going to be able to make it uh, to, you know, fights in the future. I mean, and I've been fighting the top rank uh, fighters uh, in the featherweight division, but if I fail to beat these guys, I mean, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, and Alex Volkanovsky, uh, ultimately, 
then uh, my goal of becoming a champion is very hard to achieve. So uh, me having a weak chin plus uh, being very difficult for uh, me being very difficult uh, to become a champion is why I uh, decided to retire at that moment. Uh, my perception in the third round, I, I'm just curious if it's accurate, was you were just saying, like, let me just go for it. Let me try to hit a home run here. And it felt like you really overextended yourself. And then, unfortunately, you know, you fought fire with fire, and, and he ended up stopping you. Was that your mentality going into the third round, that you just wanted to, as they say, kind of, you know, die on your shield, so to speak, fall on the sword? Uh,三浪的我记得我们呢,啊,那个我记得红浪的超越了那个蛮多的,我记得无理的时候,我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我记得我
장갑을 이제 옥타곤 그 중앙에 두고 그 이제 절을 올리셨잖아요. 그럼 이제 이렇게 좀 눈물도 흘리시고 했는데 그 당시 사, 그 감정이 뭐 어떤 생각을 하고 있었는지 아니면 그냥 감정을 다 쏟아내고 별 생각 없이 그렇게 쏟았는지. 그러을 내려놨을 때 내려놓기 전까지 사실 괜찮았는데 내려놓고 나니까 와 이거 되게 와 저도 처음 느껴오는 감정이었어요. 이거를 끝났다 생각을 하니까. 그리고 너무 고마운 것들이 많죠. 이게 혹시 글로브나 이렇게 그런 반면이었던 것 같아요. 감사하다. 너무 행복한 삶을 살았다. Before I put the gloves down, I didn't really feel anything. But after I put the glove down on the uh, Akeon canvas and, you know, bowed down uh, right beside the glove, it was an emotion that I've never felt before. I mean, being at the end of a chapter in your life is something that's very unexplainable. I mean, And uh, at the same time, I felt gratitude towards uh, the UFC and uh, the UFC glove as well, because, you know, it gave me uh, one heck of a life. So so that was the emotion I was feeling. Uh, and, and, and your walk back to the locker room was very unique. They don't usually play the music of, of the guy who's, you know, competing back out into the locker room. And so to see that happen and then to hear the crowd sing the song again as you're walking out and you're with your your wife i believe and and the fans are you know all over you and they're taking your glove and all this stuff like are, are you even cognizant of what's happening in this moment i know you just were in a fight and unfortunately it didn't go your way but that whole scene and even on the broadcast was so unique we've never seen something like that before are, are you aware of what's happening or is it all just kind of surreal in that moment 예, 그, 걸어 나가셨을 때 사실 엄청났잖아요. 정말 이례적으로 싸움이 끝나고 돌아가는 사람의 노래를 틀어줬고, 그리고 막 팬들도 막 난리 나고 장갑 가져가고 막 이러고 있었는데, 이 모든 것들이 사실 미국 방송상에서도 정말 이례적이고, 이런 건 경우는 처음 본다, 이렇게 그 얘기하고 있었는데, 어, 뭐 이게 어떤 감정이 들었는지, 뭐, 예. 음, 그 진짜 웃긴 게 타이밍이 노래가, 내가 약간 나오는 타이밍이 갑자기 좀비 타이밍 노래 나오는 타이밍이더라고요. 그런 것도 사실 생각한 것도 아니고 노래를 틀어준 것도 너무 어, 감사하게 생각하고 그리고 오르 와이프가 사실 음, 한국의 와이프는 다른 나라의 와이프들이랑 좀 달라요. 남자를 위해서 되게 헌신을 하고 저한테 사실 저는 파이트 할 때는 파이트만 하지 아무것도 안 해요. 뭐 서류를 작성하는 거나 돈에 대한 거나 세금에 대한 문제나 이런 것도 와이프가 다 처리하고 뭐 지인들 챙기는 거나 이런 거다 와이프가 하기 때문에 와이프도 아마 같이 싸우는 느낌이었을 거예요. 그리고 나가는 길에 제가 글러브를 이제 들고 있었는데 제가 이쪽은 글러브를 들고 있기 때문에 이쪽은 손을 안 뻗었어요. 사람들이 이제 인사를 해줘야 되는데 근데 이쪽을 손목을 채서 하나를 훔쳐봤어요. 아, 그건 좀 속상해요. 제가 알열, 혈안 이슈를 하는 이유 중에 가장 큰게 하나가, 어, 그 글로벌을 찾고 싶었어요. <웃음> I was a very surreal moment when I walked out the stage. I mean, I gave my wife a big hug. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to my wife as well because, you know, uh, Korean wives are different, you know, culturally, uh, from other countries because my wife, I, I'm the one that's, I only think about fighting. And my wife does all the paperwork, tax, all these other things that, you know, I would have wasted my time on uh, if my wife didn't help me. So it was if my wife would have felt like she was fighting with me in that octagon. So, you know, during the walkout, I gave her a big hug. And most importantly, uh, somebody took my glove. I mean, I, I was holding my retirement gloves in my left hand. 
And I kept my left hand, hand folded because I didn't want, I, I wanted to keep my gloves. And somebody grabbed, uh, took grab hold of my wrist, hold it, and then took one of my gloves. So the biggest reason why I'm on uh, MMA hour is because I want to, you know, point out the fact that somebody took my gloves one back. Uh, I want to let the American audience know that, you know, I really want them back. Okay, so uh, I saw your video, and it has, I think, over a million views. And so I'm wondering, since you put that video out, and hopefully after this interview as well, uh, any leads on the glove? It sounds like you, you really do want them back, and it bothers you that you don't have them. And it's it's a very unfortunate byproduct of all the fans, you know, kind of going on top of you and, and trying to show you love. I don't think anyone was malicious in that moment. But uh, any any sort of leads as to where the gloves may be? 이번에 인터뷰 영상 올리셨잖아요. 조회수 100만이 넘은 걸로 봤는데 그 영상이 이제 올라가고 나서 뭐 장갑에 대한 어떤 추가적인 단서나 이런 것들을 얻은 적 있는지 사실 뭐 팬들이 뭐 아기를 가지고 한 거라기보다는 이렇게 좀 이렇게 찬성님에 대한 사랑을 보여주려다 보니까 뭐 그런 일이 불미스러운 일이 발생한 것 같은데 뭐그그 그 이후에 뭐 장갑에 대한 단서를 발견한 게 있는지 뭐그 제가 하나를 던진 거는 이제 연락이 왔어요. 이제 그 한국 사람이 주었다 그러더라고요. 그 사람이 이제 연락이 와서 돌려준다고 하고, 그래서, 어, 제가 뭐, 뭐, 티셔츠나 뭐, 다른 걸로 이제 선물을 드릴 예정이고. 이거를 가져간 건, 이렇게 최소 가져간 거는, 그거는 조금 다르지 않나? 그거는, 뭔가, 훔쳐한 느낌이죠. 그래서 뭐, 좀 모르겠고. 다행히 이제 뭐, 좀, 모르겠어요. 뭐. 아는 사람이 있는 건지 아니면 장난 장난으로 계속 메시지로 어 저요 저요라고 하고 있는데 그런 들도 있고 아뭐 사실 못 찾아도 어쩔 수 없고요 뭐 기왕이면 그래도 마지막 리타이어 그러니까 So if you look at the UFC uh, footage of me uh, walking off the stage, I, uh, there's a video of me throwing the other pair of gloves. Um, that I already found. A Korean oh. fan um, actually. Uh, found the glove and um, decided to give it back to me. So I'm uh, probably going to uh, give him a t-shirt instead uh, for wow. uh, my glove. But the person that uh, took hold of my wrist and uh, took the glove, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's not malicious. I mean, it's basically stealing. And, you sure. know, yeah. this glove has, you know, a very a significant sentimental uh, value to it. So, so you know, I really uh, wanted to keep them, but... I don't know if I could find him. I mean, because like he, he he took it from me. The fan took it from me. So there weren't any um special leads that I found after the video was uploaded. I just, you know, I don't know if I could find him. Okay. I, I'm going to hold that hope. I think someone is going to, uh, you know, is going to come through because you are so beloved. And, and, and speaking of that, why do you think you are so beloved? You know, like the, the reaction afterwards, watching Twitter, just like the, the stream of fighters, talking about you, showering you with praise on Instagram and things, all the comments and all the posts. And and that that wasn't just for this fight. That's been the case since we were first introduced to you over a decade ago. No one ever says a bad thing about the Korean zombie. No one ever says a bad thing about your fights, doesn't want to watch your fights, says that your fight don't deliver, etc., etc. Why do you think the public, the fans, the media, the fellow fighters have this appreciation, love, and respect for you? 장갑을 못 찾는다는 거는 그건 확실하지 않은 게 어쨌든 많은 사람들이 찬성님을 너무 사랑하기 때문에 누군가는 찾아줄 거라고 굳게 믿는데 얘기 나온 김에 왜 이렇게 찬성님이 사랑을 받는다고 생각을 하는지 왜냐면 와. 트위터에서도 너무나 많은 사람들이 축하를 해줬고 
그래서 찬성님이 데뷔할 때부터 뭔가 이렇게 사람들이 막 계속 사랑을 보내고 뭔가 찬성님의 경기를 보고 싶어하고 정말 많은 관심을 받으면서 격투기 선수 생활을 하셨는데 왜 그렇게 생각하십니까? 음, 왜라고 말하면 사실 저는 이유는 잘 모르겠어요 모든 UFC 선수들이 마찬가지겠지만 어, 저는 격투기만을 좋아하고 격투기만을 열심히 했고 뭐 그렇게 했고 왜인지는 모르겠지만 사실 고마운 건 굉장히 많이 고마운 것 같아요 왜인지는 내가 그렇게 막 매력적인 사람인가 이렇게 생각해 봤을 때 솔직히 좀잘 모르겠고 그런 건어 그냥 고마운 것 같아요 그냥 파이팅 스타일 때문인 건지 뭐 이거는 진짜 많이 고맙게 생각합니다 Why I'm beloved? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, I've been focusing on this sport my entire life. Um, maybe it's my fighting style. Uh, I don't think I'm uh, such a lovable person, but maybe it's my fighting style that uh, makes the fans and the media and all the other fighters uh, want to watch my fight. But one thing for sure, I feel really grateful that uh, a lot of people are showing love towards me and the career that I built. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Are you uncomfortable? With like even you saying, I, I don't think I'm a lovable person. I disagree. I think there's a lot of lovable qualities about you. So, are you uncomfortable when people are showering you with this praise? Oh, Hermione, I don't think there's any negative qualities about 제 워크아웃과 나가는 경그 저거를 계속 자주 보고 있고 그게 저도 너무 좋아요. I don't feel uncomfortable at all. I mean, I'm I'm it's an honor uh, that a lot of people are showing love. I mean, uh, I've been retired for about a week right now. Uh, I'm you know basically living with my phone. I'm looking at uh, searching videos, of me walking out, videos of people showing love. I mean, I've been doing that for a week now. So you know, I feel great. Is there one message in particular that you received from, from someone? I'm sure you received a ton, but one in particular that touched you the most, that stood out? I do have one message that is most memorable for me and really rang uh the bottom of my heart is the uh, YouTube video that Max uh, posted on his YouTube channel. Uh, I think it was uh, his only uh, post-fight interview that he uploaded on his YouTube channel. Um, you know, he won the fight. So, you know, he would have, you know, wanted to talk about the fight, you know, how he won, how he yeah. looked cool after the fight. You know, he, he, wa- he probably wanted all the honor of, you know, winning that fight. But, you know, during the interview, he, you know, he spends time talking about me you know, praising my career, you know, showing respect towards Korean zombie. So I cried after watching that video. You know, it was so respectful for him uh, that, you know, he talked about me so much in that uh, interview.
interview. So that was the one memorable uh, message I remember after the fight. One thing I've always wondered about and uh, was curious how you felt about it. Obviously, a few years ago, you had to take some time off to fulfill your military du duties. Um, do you feel in retrospect, and I'm sure you were happy to do so, and it was an honor for you to do so, but do you feel if you didn't take that time off, I know you said that you felt like it was somewhat of a failure that you didn't get the UFC title. Do you think you would have been able to fulfill your dream if you didn't have that, you know, that four-year break in your career um, about a decade or so ago? Fighting uh serve military duty, maybe I would have uh gotten uh maybe I would have won the title, maybe not. I mean, um but I don't regret uh taking the four year off. I mean I had some you know Along with the military duty, I had some major injuries, my knee, my shoulder, and that cost me like five, six years off uh, in my fighting career. But then had I not taken that five, six years off, then maybe, you know, I wouldn't have had such a beautiful retirement. I mean, you know, it, it all led up to this beautiful moment where I had the perfect retirement. So I don't really regret taking five, six years off. I mean, I might have gotten the title, but, you know, I want to think positively. So I don't, I don't really think about that. Do you have a favorite fight? 제일 기억에 남는 마지막이야. I mean, uh, I choose the Max Holloway fight because, you know, everything was perfect. The timing, my opponent being Max Holloway, the audience, the crowd, the love that they showed me. I mean, I've been, you know, I had uh, my share of fights uh, in my life, but this fight is the only fight that I have zero regret after the fight uh, uh, has finished. Although I lost uh, via KO knockout, you know, this is the only fight that I have completely zero regret so this i would choose my last fight uh, as the most memorable fight wow because there's so many to choose from so many great moments i think some would be surprised that you're choosing you know a loss because you've had so many big wins uh but i certainly understand that and i'm wondering what has life been like for you back home i saw the video of of, of our pal jay park bringing you out at his concert and everyone showering you with I think they were singing Happy Retirement. Were they singing? Because it's not your birthday, right? It sounded like Happy Birthday, but it wasn't. So I don't know what that song was. Maybe you could tell me. But like there was, I don't know how many people there, like 100,000 people there singing. So what has life been like for you back home after this great moment? 
은퇴하고 나서 한국에서의 삶이 좀 어떤지 하고 사실 그 스토리 보신 것 같은데 그, 그 박재범님 콘서트 따라갔다가 거기 무대 위에 올라가서 거의 뭐한 10만 명 정도 어, 노래 불러준 것 같은데 생일 축하 노래처럼 들렸는데 생일은 아닌 것 같고 뭐 무슨 어. 노래인지 하고 좀 한국에서의 삶이 어떤지 어 생일 축하합니다 노래에서 벌스데이를 리타이어먼트로 바꾼 아. 노래이고 그리고 지금 어 계속 은퇴 파티를 계속하고 있어요 <웃음> 매일 사람들을 만나면서 어 은퇴 축하한다는 얘기를 많이 듣고 있고 아 진짜 어, 은퇴를 번복하는 파이터들이 많잖아요 저는 지금 절대 그렇게 하면 안 돼요 <웃음> 친구들이 너무 많이 파티를 해줬기 때문에 지금은 이룰 수 없어요 Yeah, actually, the song the uh, audience sang for me was the happy uh, birthday tune, but then the birthday swapped to retirement. So okay. uh, it was basically the happy birthday song, but then the lyrics were happy retirement. And uh, I've been throwing like several retirement parties in a row uh, since I came back to Korea. A lot of friends were um, congratulating me for retiring. A lot of uh, my friends were showing love and the respect towards my career. So, you know, there are a few fighters uh, who come back to the octagon after they uh, announce retirement, right? I've been throwing so many retirement parties, I am never going to be able to make it back to the octagon. So that's how much love I've been having after I returned to Korea. That, that's actually amazing that you said that because my next question was going to be, we have seen many uh, people come out of retirement. Can you say definitively that you will never fight again? I don't know. I don't know. 아직 내 헐트랑 다 싸울 수 있다고 얘기를 하는데 아, MMA는 힘들 것 같아 이거는 아, 내가 이걸 말하는 게 너무 음, 어렵다 그러니까 이제는 받아들여야지 받아들여야지 I mean, my heart and every part of my body says I could totally go uh, fight again, but you know, I think it's time for me to acknowledge that uh, as far as MMA goes, uh, I'll probably not be able to fight again. I mean, you know, I think it's time for me to acknowledge that. So, yeah. And when you say uh, as far as MMA goes, does that mean maybe something else, another form of martial arts or combat? MMA, 좋은 기회가 있다면 복싱을 한번 해보겠습니다. <웃음> 네, 복싱은 뽀뽀 다 하지 않나? 복싱은 재밌을 것 같은데. Um, if I get the opportunity, I mean, maybe boxing. I mean, you know, a lot of MMA fighters try out boxing, right? So, you know, not me. I mean, boxing would be fun for me. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'll just ask you a couple more questions and then let you go. Thank you so much for the time. Is it true that you really uh, saw the uh, UFC roster watch? tweet and that affected you i i we see it on twitter i don't know that fighters uh you know look at that stuff but like is that something that you saw and did it really you know kind of hurt your heart when you saw that x next to your name
So I don't always keep an eye on the UFC Rocker Watch, but then uh, somebody uh, captured the tweet and then posted it on Instagram story and then tagged me. So that's yeah. how I got to find out. Uh, I knew about the Rocker Watch, but, um, you know, uh, seeing that cross next to my name, it kind of really, you know, struck me hard. Uh, I saw it in the morning because of time difference, because uh, I'm in Asia right now. Yeah. So I, I woke up in the morning, I looked at it, and I saw the cross next to my name, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that kind of struck me hard. And I also thought, you know, UFC is really quick in deleting fighters out of the roster. So, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you want people to remember you? What, what do you want ultimately your legacy to be? 어떻게 그 팬들이 어떻게 찬성님을 좀 기억했으면 좋겠는지. 음. 그래도 어 항상 음. 요즘에는 그런 사람들 많은 것 같아요. 뭐 음, 사실 이거는 관중들을 위한 관객들을 위한 쇼라고 저는 생각을 해요. 그래서 그 쇼를 하기 위해서 저는 이제 좀 재밌는 경기를 항상 하는 파이터 so i think uh the sport of mma is a type of performance and a show for the audience uh i always thought that when i went to fight so i want the fans uh, to remember me as a fighter that always put on a show for the audience mm. and you certainly did that by the way speaking of legacy i don't know if i've ever asked you this question um could you tell me the story about why you decided to use that zombie song because I think it will always forever be linked to you. When did that start and whose idea was it? Uh, 그냥 제가 별명이 좀비니까 처음에는 그냥 이좀 노래 어떠냐 추천을 했고 처음에는 좀 마음에 안 들었어요. 너무 신나지 않고 이렇게 잔잔하게 가는데 이제 은퇴할 때는 사실 최고의 노래죠. 지금 이 노래는 저랑 평생 들을 것 같아요. So one of the coaches that uh, helped me train and the team uh, that I was uh, in before uh, before uh, in the early days of my career one of the coaches uh, really liked the uh, Zombie uh, by the Cranberries. So it was one of his favorite songs. And since my nickname is Zombie, he was like, you know, why don't you go with this song? At first, I listened to the song. I was like, uh, you know, I don't really like it because it's slow. It's very, you know, down tone. You know, it's not really up tempo, right? So I didn't really like the song. But then, you know, that song ultimately gave me the best retirement that could possibly, you know, one could possibly have. So I'll probably listen to this song forever. Uh, and MMA fans will as well. As far as your next chapter, finally, what what do you plan on doing now? It sounds like you still want to be involved in MMA, and you have links to to, to fighters as well. But um, what what kind of plans do you have as far as what you'll do now that your career is over? Hangu 
So mainly it's going to be YouTube. Um, I'm currently preparing a YouTube series uh, here in Korea as well. Um, and I would also like to go over to the United States and try to find Asian MMA prospects, you know, go around uh, the States and meet Asian fighters and maybe, you know, invite some UFC fighters to, to you know, join us in our uh, YouTube series as well. So I'm looking forward to uh, creating a lot of uh, great content, MMA uh, content for for the audience to watch. And and what is the YouTube series about? 어떤 내용인지. 음 아직 뭐 확실한 건 아니지만 아직 뭐 스폰서들을 제가 미국에 있는 스폰서들을 찾아야 하지만 지금 계획은 제가 미국에 있는 동양인 파이터들을 찾아서 뭐그 사람들을 평가하는 뭐 이런 컨텐츠를 만들어 볼까 생각하고 있습니다. Nothing's decided, and this is all brainstorming and imagination. But um, you know, uh, I'll probably have to uh, get sponsors as well. Uh, but then the you know, the main uh, content would be me going around the United States, meeting different Asian fighters. You know, try to um, you know find prospects that you know have really uh, good talent in MMA, and you know give them an opportunity, maybe a shot at the contract. I don't know uh, what's going to happen. It's, uh, we're thinking on it. So yeah. I love it. You can find many more zombies. Uh, and your YouTube channel, like I said, is tremendous. Uh, I've been doing this show. I've been interviewing fighters for a very long time. Zombie, I've never done this before, but I feel like it's apropos, okay? So here I am going to do something for you. I've, ne- I've never shown bias and allegiance like this, but one second. If I can, just put this on right here, just for you, out of respect to you, Zombie, because I have so much respect for you. This is the ocean. <laughs> I'm going to put this on, too. Ah, right. one yeah. of my favorite sweatshirts right here hey. by jay park <laughs> your t-shirt i think was a big part of of your of your legacy as well that first t-shirt and this is one of the coolest uh pieces of merchandise that i own so uh much respect to you my friend i have so much admiration and and, and love and respect for your career and i think i speak for all MMA fans when I say that you had an unbelievable run and the final fight was uh, just as amazing as every one of your fights. Thank you for always giving us the time. Thank you for all the great memories. And I look forward to what you will be doing in your next chapter. Thank you. I was a fighter, so I didn't have a fighter, but I didn't have it does feel sad and unfortunate that I won't be uh, on your show again as a fighter, but then, you know, I'll always look forward to, you know, appearing on your show again as a coach, as a YouTuber. I yes. don't know. Uh, I'll definitely be on your show again. You are always welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank Take you. Thank you. All the best. I mean, how could you not love that guy? And shout out to his uh, interpreter as well. Both just very wholesome very nice individuals. I really, I really felt so good after that conversation, and um, I really want him to get his uh, second glove back. Happy to hear that he got the first one back. But let's get the Korean zombie his glove back. If you are out there and you have that glove in your possession, do good for one of the good people in the uh, the history of the sport who has entertained us throughout so many, so many years, so many great fights. Never in a stinker. He, he laid it all out there for us. If you have that glove, he'll give you something back. He'll be a nice exchange. It's like when uh, Mark McGuire hit his 70th home run into the stands. They they made a switch, I think. 
Uh, I know this happens in baseball a lot when things go into the stands and people are nice enough to to make the switch. So let's make it happen for the Korean Zombie, one of the true good guys in the history of mixed martial arts. Now, let's go back to the questions. We still have a few left to answer, and then we'll get to the picks as far as UFC 293 is concerned. Steven is up next, or Stefan. Shalom, Ariel. Welcome back. Dare I say this return is more anticipated than the return of the notorious one. I said it so you don't have to, but maybe that's because we know you'd actually return. Wow. Shots fired. Anyway, my question this week is how do you sort out the mess at heavyweight? A lot has transpired since you departed, but Sergei Pavlovich seems to be finding a home as the backup. Second time? Really? Anyway, is Gunn really the best next fight for Tommy? It seems like a fun fight, but Tommy's prowess on the ground leads me to believe it shouldn't be competitive and is risking derailing these, the, his momentum for a twice-failed title challenger. And what should UFC do in the event John and Stipe both retire? I wouldn't expect John to make a quick decision either way. Chow, your boy, Lanzi. Um... I still feel like the biggest fight is Tommy Aspinall versus uh, Sergei Pavlovich. Well done, Frank. If they're trying, if they think that both guys are going to retire come November 12th and they want to save Aspinall versus Pavlovich for a a vacant title fight, then maybe they save it and, and, and Pavlovich gets his payday as being the backup and Tommy Aspinall should fight Cyril Gunn, I strongly feel like Tom Aspinall should be on that Madison Square Garden card for the same reasons that Cheeto Vera spoke of. But that's in two months, and I mean, we just talked about someone turning around in, in two months. I can't believe November is in two months, by the way. Very weird. A bit depressing. Anyway, um, to me, the biggest and most interesting non-title fight at heavyweight is Tom versus Sergey. Would I love to see Tom versus Cyril? Yes. But I feel like Tom versus Sergey is a real big fight. Um, an intriguing one as well. And so they could go one of two ways with Tom. I think that they can either go for the Sergey fight or the Surreal fight. Um, my vote is the Sergey fight, but I won't be mad if they go with the Surreal fight because I think eventually he gets to Sergey as well. So we know that John Jones versus uh, Stipe Miocic is happening on November 11th. In fact, they just officially announced it while we were on the air. Uh, they also announced... Derek Brunson versus Roman Delice and Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. They didn't uh, add a quote-unquote co-main event. There's a chief support, but I don't think there's a co-main event. Um, and historically, when you have a guy like John Jones out there, you, you, you don't put another title fight on there, Conor McGregor as well, which leads me to believe that they might do Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington in December and Yuri Prochaska versus Alex Pereira, which would then lead me to believe that maybe you save Sean O'Malley for the beginning of January. Or if you're going back to Brazil in January, maybe you save Alex Pereira versus Yuri for January. Leon Colby, Sugar Cheeto would be a tremendous one-two punch to end the year. So there's a lot of options there. Uh, they also announced Mackenzie Dern versus Jessica Andrade, Matt Schnell versus Steven Ersig. And Joshua Van versus Kevin Borjas. Um, those are the only fights that were announced. Uh, GC was telling me about the ticket prices. It's not on here, but you seem to know the ticket prices, GC. Yeah, I'm seeing some people with like early access saying like 700 for nosebleeds. Wow. MSG. Yeah, it is MSG. John Jones. 
They also officially announced, by the way, uh, October 14th main event is Sadiq Youssef against Edson Barbosa. Um, so that is going... Well, it's not really going head-to-head with the uh, the Misfits card because that's going to be during the day here in the United States. And also, by the way, before uh, we actually went on air, a bit of history regarding one of Frank's favorite fighters, if not his favorite, Amanda Serrano. Did you see this news, Frank? You know, I didn't. Amanda Serrano going up against Danila Ramos on Friday, October 27th at the Carib Royal Resort in Orlando, Florida. Perhaps we'll do a roadshow for that. She'll be defending her WBO, WBA, and IBF featherweight titles in a fight that will be contested at 126, of course, and it will be historic. Why? 12 three-minute rounds. There we go. As you know, Frank, women's boxing title fights, 10 two-minute rounds. Amanda Serrano, the trailblazer that she is, said, I want to be on equal footing She's going 12 three-minute rounds, so that was also announced uh, earlier today as well. Uh, back to the questions. FTMMA, hey, Ariel, with the continued rumors of Bellator's demise. Demise, sale, I don't know if it's the same, but sure. Are UFC fighters coming to the back end of their careers running out of legitimate options? To both Bellator's detriment and credit, they've been a place for UFC fighters to see out their final days, earning good money, in legitimate MMA competition. Without them, the only options appear to be retirement, okay, joining the BKFC influencer circus. What about PFL? Uh, The PFL format is far too taxing for fighters in this position. Perhaps they keep Bellator alive as a brand to do non-tournament fights, such as for fighters like Rockhold and Weidman and their upcoming PPV model seems much more geared towards prime signings, influencers, self-made talent than UFC, or for lack of a better word, has-beens. I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, look, there's 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 multiple layers to this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as it becomes more and more real, and, and I think it will be in this third-ish quarter of 2023. On the con side of things, it's one less option. It's one less place. Um, if some random entity was buying Bellator and running it, taking it off Viacom's hands, you know, you can make the case that that would be better for the fighters because that would just keep another option available. On the pro side of things, PFL becomes a lot stronger, their roster is a lot better, and things get interesting on that front. Perhaps most interesting of all, people keep asking, where's PFL getting its money from? Well, we just found out earlier this week, $100 million um, has been invested by Saudi Arabia into the PFL. They're going to be doing events in Saudi Arabia next year. This is a massive deal. We've been waiting for the Saudi Arabia influence in MMA. We knew it wasn't going to come to the UFC because the UFC has their deal with Abu Dhabi. Saudi Arabia, obviously very influential in the world of football slash soccer, very influential in the world of golf, boxing, pro wrestling, horse racing. They have been very influential in the world of sports. It's uh, it's one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest story right now in those sports. And so now they're coming to MMA. Um, and did I mention boxing? Maybe. But yes, boxing, of course, as well, October 28th, and Ganu Fury, which tomorrow there's a press conference for that fight, TBD. Uh, no, did I say TBD? What, what did I want to say? BTW. TBD, BTW. Anyway, so they're now 
they're now involved and they don't get involved in a small way. And so we'll see what this means for MMA and for PFL. But now all of a sudden, the answer to that question, where they're getting their money from, this would be a big, you know, a big answer. Uh, and they have endless supplies of money. So let's see what happens. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with this take from FT where he's like, oh, there's no more options. I mean, now PFL is a real true option and you got this pay-per-view model and who knows how, you know, extensive that's going to be and how many shows they'll run in 2024, all that. So let's see. I get what you're saying. It's one less option, but let's be honest. Bellator hasn't really been involved in the free agent game for quite some time. Um, They're just kind of fizzling out. And that's just the truth, unfortunately. There's not a lot of buzz, not a lot of promotion, um, not a lot of attention. And it seems like they're kind of in this like lame duck transitional period before they get sold. And Everything I'm hearing is they will be sold, and it is rather imminent. I also am hearing that the uh, the WWE-UFC merger under the Endeavor banner is going to be official very soon as well, so stay tuned for that. A lot of big things happening in the world of combat sports. C.K. Damon. Francis Ngannou versus Dana White is one of the biggest feud stories of the year. The announcement of Ngannou Fury is arguably the climax of that feud. That being said, I have a two-part question. How is it possible that no media member has asked Dana White for his reaction to the blockbuster announcement? Is that true? I don't know. I mean, I'm not there in those rooms. I see those. No, has no one asked that question? Does any, GC, do you, do you, have you seen a clip of someone asking him that question? No, not one person. I feel like someone has asked him that, no? I haven't seen a clip, but I would imagine someone's asked him at some ask- point. And then the second question is, is it possible that some form of gag order was placed on the media from broaching the subject to Dana White? I mean, uh, nothing would surprise me, but I, I feel like people think that stuff happens a lot more than it does. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to air on ESPN Plus pay-per-view and uh, Nate and Jake just aired on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. I can't imagine Dana loves that. And so I wonder how it's going to be covered and all that stuff. But I don't think there's any gag order. And I don't think that, um, I don't think no one's, I think someone has had to ask. I just, you know, kind of tuned all those silly press conferences out when I was over there. It was really good for my mental health. Uh, Brandon, yo, Ariel, at what point do we start including Izzy in the GOAT conversations? If he wins this weekend, he will have six title defenses to his name and be a two-time champion. His only meaningful loss, in my opinion, is his loss to Pereira, which he then went on to avenge. How many more wins does he need to rack up in order to be in the same conversation as Jones and GSP as the GOAT? Does he need to win the title 205 to be considered? No, not necessarily. And I don't think it's fair to Jan Bohovich to just dismiss that loss. He won fair and square. Um, here's what's most impressive about Izzy. The UFC is lucky to have someone like Izzy because of his activity. This is going to be his fourth fight since July of last year. And during that stretch, he lost. He got knocked out, and he still got back on the horse quicker than most champions out there. And he got the belt back, and now he's fighting again and was willing to fight, you know, on a month's notice after getting this fight and the DDP fight falling through against Sean Strickland. They're very lucky to have him, have Alex Volkanovsky, have a guy like Sugar Sean who wants to come back in December and not just sit on the win. Um, he's, he, he is getting into that conversation. I like to talk about the GOAT when they're done. I, I, I didn't really, maybe I'm wrong and I'm getting old. I felt more comfortable calling GSP one of, if not the greatest of all time, once he was done. Once we know the entire body of work. Because let's be honest, he can end the career with four straight losses. 
five straight losses. Does that affect your GOAT status? I think so. If Michael Jordan, you know, was totally crap by the end of his run, he people would think a certain way. If, if, if LeBron was totally crap, and I know Jordan played for the Wizards, and I know they didn't make the playoffs, but he was still, I mean, he had no one around him. And, uh, you know, he's freaking Michael Jordan, six titles, two, three-peats, blah, blah, blah. Let's see how the whole story plays out. But yes, what Izzy is doing, especially this year, after losing in November and coming back in April and now fighting in September is nothing short of amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if he fights again by the first quarter. I mean, he's talking about UFC 300. That's around the first quarter, late first quarter of, you know, 2024. It's unbelievable. He's one of the greatest champions, one of the greatest fighters, and they're very lucky to have him. Matt Mo, bonjour, Lord Ariel. For UFC 292, my friends and I had a watch party and someone brought a dianometer, which is a device you squeeze to measure your grip strength. We had a blast messing around with it, and I couldn't help but think about how much fun the MMA Hour crew and future in-studio guests would have with it. They're cheap, about $20 on Amazon. I know GC likes ordering stuff, so why not order one, keep one in-studio, and have in-studio guests, whether fighters or not, give their all on the dianometer. Am I saying that correctly? And by the way, everyone has to touch it. It's kind of gross. Anyway, I think it would be fascinating to keep a database to look back a years from now and see what the highest grip strength. We'd also love to see who on the crew has the highest. My guest is Frank. God bless and thanks for what you do. Do you guys like this? Should we buy the dianometer? Which you've now just, is that what it's called? Yeah, I've seen about $20 on Amazon. Does it sound like a good fun, uh, like a good time? Like, does it I mean, seem- it's just something you literally squeeze and... Doesn't uh, seem that fun to me to just squeeze something the random. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. So, it, yes. sounds like you're, it sounds like you're nervous about... What's your grip strength? I don't want to touch. I don't know who's doing what, who's washing their hands, who's gross, who's not. I don't know what Frank's doing back there. You don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, the darts thing, you know, we haven't done that in a while, so maybe we can get back on that horse. Yeah. Played some darts against uh, Connor over the weekend. You know what I was thinking? The show, August 21st, was great. One miss was we should have had a GC versus Rick darts game. That's what I said, but Frank shut it down. What? Yeah. We would have to move a camera. We didn't have any of that prepped. What do you mean? Yeah. That takes two seconds. Joe does that in his sleep. Nah, nah. Frank said uh, no. Frank said no shot. That was a miss. I mean, people Frank, were asking for it. I mean, oh, people were asking. Are we not going to address? Are we not going to address the massive like no sell on the call out of Connor think, to you? I don't think Eric watched like, long enough. I think he must have turned it off. Vacation or something? Yeah, it was vacation. What happened? Okay. <laughs> uh, people Sat were asking chair, about the dar- called you out. Yeah, people were asking about the darts. I was just like, uh, "Whenever you're ready, man, put put your broadcasting belt on the line. Let's play a real 501. None of this three darts versus three darts stuff. I mean, the people have been that's, clamoring that, for well, it. By forever. the way, that's what was going on. As I'm showering you with praise, you guys are like fucking dancing on my grave. That's the kind of friends you guys I are. Mean, Jesus, yeah. I don't think it's dancing on the grave. Uh, dancing in the just, grave. It's just a challenge. Like, every time I bring it up, every time I'm just like, let's play some darts, you're always just like, man, nah, yeah. busy. Yeah, better things to do. Can't be bothered. Um, Frank took on the to challenge. Play because because there's no stakes. Because I know I suck. Like I'm, I have nothing on the line. Like I'll lose. Trying and be to like, hustle us right now. Yeah, yeah I feel like, like this is set up. Will, dart player. <laughs> no, you'll see. <laughs> no, you'll see. <laughs> I'll suck. Why Trust did you? Me. But why didn't you guys play on the day? You you didn't uh, you didn't feel comfortable? Right? I remember no. us having a brainstorming session. You were like, "You guys have carte blanche. Don't worry about it on my vacation." And now you're coming back saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just asking. Why didn't you do it? I'm not saying it you. was a camera thing. 
Frankie shut it you down. Do, did I not say you had carte blanche? I mean, you I could did, have said then... that more times. Mm. So then, you guys you played over be the happy weekend. With what happened? Yeah, I played Frank over the weekend. Where'd you guys play? My crib. Who won? Who do you think? Come on. I mean, Let's be serious. <laughs> it started off pretty good. Let's be serious. <laughs> Frank got a couple lucky twenties, and and then he fell off a cliff. I got too excited. Mm. Started. Missing the dartboard. Oh my! He started God. talking some trash. Yeah, I was just like, all right. I was not going to beat the guy out. in his own house. Like, come on, that's not. The night was young. So it was out of respect. I get it. Yeah. Get no. it. Did you hit the wall though? Like, did you put? Nah, because there's a giant aerial Hawani. Ah, uh, sick. sick. That's. What's well, an MMA hour bumper? But I was going to give someone a signed bumper if they guessed the. Uh, the lineup. Yesterday, it was a tough one. Yeah, I saw a couple good guesses though. Did anyone get close? I think someone got at least two of them. Mm, that's not close. That's less than fifty percent. Three. That's not bad. Uh, Cole, Ariel, what are your thoughts on Sanko making her well-deserved pay-per-view debut this weekend? Also, if any, if any, what changes would you make, or do you foresee in the UFC commentary boost in the future? Huge, well-deserved, well-earned, historic first time since Kathy Long. Uh, in the very, very, very early days that a woman is on the uh, broadcast uh, booth, so to speak, obviously there's been uh, backstage, um, the desk, all that, but not alongside Anik and, and DC in this case. So it's gigantic for her. I uh, remember first seeing her on the Invicta broadcast and uh, to see how far she's come. And also one thing that is is sort of overlooked, like the UFC historically, other than Jimmy Smith, doesn't put non- ex-UFC fighters in those roles or non-UFC fighters in those roles. It's just been Jimmy Smith. And so for her to be a non-UFC fighter and a woman and to make it to this point is gigantic. It's huge. And she should be very proud and honored and, and, and grateful for the opportunity. It's, it's, it's gigantic. Um, as far as what changes, I don't think any changes need to be made. I think their A-team, if you will, is, is great and people love them and they're, they're, they're very popular and they have good chemistry and no problems whatsoever. I think their B, C, D teams. I mean, the UFC historically has always done a great job of finding the right talent. There's never really been stinkers, even dating back to the days of Kenny Florian filling in, Randy Couture filling in. They've always seamlessly transitioned and done a great job and represented. Um, and even now with you know, it used to just be Goldie and Rogan, and then they'd bring Randy once in a while, or if Rogan didn't go, they'd bring in Kenny. And now they've got so many different teams and, and, and people at their disposal, and all the variations are great. I think all of their play-by-play guys are great. Uh, obviously, Anik, Brendan Fitzgerald, and John Gooden, all great. Uh, I think all their analysts are great, uh, from DC to Rogan to... Um, Dominic Cruz, to Paul Felder, to Michael Bisping, uh, to Laura Sanko. Am I forgetting anyone? I don't think so. Uh, I think their desk talent is great as well. If I'd say change it, I'd just say, I would love to see Anthony Smith, oh, Paul Felder. Uh, I would love to see Anthony Smith get a shot. I think Anthony Smith would be fantastic in the booth. Alan Joban as well, I think would do very, very well. Um, so those are some guys, but no, they've got a great team. Like I don't think anything really needs to be changed. I mean, you compare it to some of the other teams too. I like PFL's team as well. Uh, they do a great job. Um, also, he says, if I may question, if I may, question for GC and Rick as well. First, 
Uh, great job on the solo show, gents. Uh, congratulations. Another, and you see more people just chat, you know. Hope to see something similar in the near future. You will. Uh, there's an upcoming episode that is on Yom Kippur, I think September 25th. So you'll see the boys back. And they can, yeah. And they could further dance on my grave. Uh, go on more vacations, he says, Hawani, this guy. All right. Who do you think Felder should fight in his Shirley retirement fight? Thanks for the show and love to have y'all back in my life. What's the question, though, to GC and Rick? <laughs> Read between the lines. Also, uh, I think it's just the Paul Felder thing. Oh, okay, good. I don't have to answer it. Uh, who do you guys no, want no, to no, see? No, 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 I can't answer it. <laughs> I can't answer it. Who do you guys want to see Paul Felder fight? Anyone? Anybody. Anybody. It sounds like Paul Felder is fighting. Uh, yeah, he's he back fights. in the pool. If he fights, yeah, supposedly he's back in USADA. If he fights anyone, I'll, I'll, I'll be there no matter what. Uh, the, did you just actually say the Mbappe <laughs> meme? <laughs> did you just actually did. verbalize yeah. the Mbappe meme? That's incredible. Uh, also, you know what I love when people post the clip, like when we post the lineup and it's the clip of uh, Pep Guardiola. And it's like... Yeah, get in trouble. No, no, no. The one where he's like, we will be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. will be there. What if it's Ramajo? We will be there. <laughs> That's another great one. That is tremendous. Did you guys see that video of when Pep, his son, was playing soccer in New York? No. I'm not, I'm not that deep in the soccer game. Oh, my God. Really? I thought Football you were game. like, uh, do you know who he is? Yeah, Rick? yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick, oh, Rick do you know who he is? Yeah, I'm aware-ish. Pep Guardiola like, is the, the manager for Man, Man City, was also uh, for um, my context is only through like memes and clips though like okay. i don't have just like a legendary manager he's like kind of like yeah. the the, the winningest guy these days phil jackson whatever when he left i think it's when he left barcelona to go to Bayern munich he spent he took a year off and he came to new york um in like 2011 or so he just wanted to live in new york and be out of the you know the hysteria of europe and his kids were around like 12 11 years old and they were living, I do believe, on the Upper East Side of New York City. And his, um, I saw this on Men and Blazers, by the way. Shout out to Men and Blazers. Love the show. And um, his kid was playing in a soccer league, like an under 12 soccer league. And one particular day, and no one really knew who he was because, you know, soccer not that popular, especially back then here in America. And one particular day, the ref doesn't show up to the game. And so there's a kid who was playing at the time on this league, he's telling the story. He's now like 20-something. And he volunteers to ref the game. But because he's a brilliant manager, as he's refing throughout the game, he starts like coaching the kids. He starts telling them like, you need to go here, you need to go there, you need to do this. The the parents on the sidelines start talking during the first half. And they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's just supposed to be the backup, like just shut up and ref the game. Who the fuck are you? They have no idea who he is. So at halftime, they all confront him and get mad about like, don't talk to my kid. Don't tell my kid what to do. You know, he, he's here. He's, he knows plenty about uh, soccer football. And so they tell him like, keep it down. He's like, you know what? You don't want me to ref. I won't ref. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and shut my mouth. Then word starts to trickle throughout the, the game that it's Pep Guardiola and then at the end, everyone feels very stupid and goes up to him and apologizes and says, like, holy shit, like, we were just getting free instructions from one of the greatest managers of all time. We're the assholes. Now, this video and this clip 
is a lot more entertaining than me telling it to you guys. It's funny hearing the kid say the story. I don't even know why we started talking about this. Why did I get on this tangent? It's a great story, though. I love it. Why did we talk about... Did, why did you get you on this tangent? You were talking about replies. You were talking about a, a reply <laughs> Oh, uh, the killing, killing Mbappe. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> uh, I have, in fact, seen this clip, by the way. Oh, it's a great <laughs> clip. I, I, I'm seeing it right now. I've yeah. already seen it. Oh, why did you stop me then? <laughs> and I saw the interview with the kid. Yeah, the kid's um, great. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't think there's any video of it. I'm looking at the kid it's, right now. It's yeah, it's the, the kid telling the story. No, I've, I, yeah. I think I've seen video of there's, him there's, like, doing it footage in the game. Oh, no. He's wearing the red jacket. Yes, there's footage of him walking up. These are like small kids. Yeah, this is ridiculous. It's amazing. I mean, imagine that. That is unbelievable. I don't even know. Yeah, that's crazy that I'm so entrenched in football these days i can't stop thinking about it um anyway great stuff thank you for the questions everyone we love you all thank you to moderator lewis time now to talk about ufc 293 and so with that we do have to tell you hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, what do we got? What do we got? UFC 293. Now, what are we doing as far as the... Uh... You know, the, the Parlay Pals. Yeah. Yeah, man, I feel like Rick's back. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys. Parlay Boys, good call. Rick's back. If Juliana wants to keep picking, she can keep picking. Okay. And we go from there. You want back in, Ariel? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm absolutely good. All right. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it'll just be us three. Rick, you're back in? Sure. Yes, please. Come I back mean, in. you you guys booted me out forcefully, so I just want to – it's up to you guys if uh, if I'm back in. What? I took a, I took a real tongue lashing uh, over over my my little cold. Strike, All right, so, so we didn't we didn't boot you. Your feelings were hurt. This is this is a team. We're in a locker room here. Sometimes feelings are going to get hurt, man. We can bounce back. Yeah, stop being so sensitive. It's up to you. It's up to you. Am I in? We want you, you tell back. me. We want you back. All right, let's go. I I'm mean, in. Frank's over here still you bragging about his back. his Max Holloway minus eight hundred pick. I, sharp I, stuff. Sharp stuff. Message Rick that night. I was like, you got to come back. Uh, I all right. Call this. Wow. Oh, wow. Receipts. Uh, all right. Let's hit the randomizer here. <laughs> all right. Order will be Rick there we go. going first, Frank second, then I will go third. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the uh, the girl that took me to the dance, Israel Adesanya, money line. Don't, don't, don't see uh, another outcome here. Going to be Izzy. I, for one, love it. Yeah, I like it too. That's a great one. Frankie? <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. I mean, it's the, the most obvious one on the whole card. Biggest, yeah. biggest, favorites on, biggest favorite on the card. <laughs> I'm going to cash this check before it cashes. Wait, I don't know the phrase. I'm going to do over two and a half for Jenkins and Mariscal. High on that one. Hmm. Uh, all right, that, that brings us to me. Let's, let's just go ahead and round this thing out. I'll go with the alternate total rounds. Austin Lane, Justin Taffa, under two and a half, minus 600. Uh, that gets us to plus 101. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Uh, not bad. 
Not bad. Juliana's just waiting for Juliana to, to swoop yeah, she in wants and, in. and give us something. She, she wants in. She knows where to find us. If not, I mean, I understand. We've, we've handed her two L's so far in her, in her time in the Parlay Boys, so be understandable. No, no yeah. DMs or anything like that? Uh, no. She's we also usually, been, remember, she's at practice around this time. She's going yeah. to get us later. Don't worry. We have been away for a while as well. That is that. true. No, she's kind of. Mm. You think she forgot about us? Yeah, probably. No, she's oh, our most so. faithful watcher. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. I don't know if you're being serious or not, but uh, no, I'm I like, being very serious. Nobody like, knows more about the no, show that that doesn't work on the show than Juliana. Uh, nothing from uh, Bare Knuckle, uh, Game Bread Bare Knuckle, or anything like that. I wonder, did, did they have picks. lines did for you that want to join? There's no way they have lines for it. That'd be crazy. I'm having a hard time finding the card. All right, what else? Uh. UFC 293 picks. Let's let's run through it. Actually, let me just get uh, you know caught up on uh, UFC Paris after this last week. Oh, I love just it. Get us get us up to date on on where we're at here. Um, so you know we do well on the singles. Heart. I mean, Frank was with me during this one. The only bet I missed all weekend: Volkanovs the mayor KO TKO Volkanovs the mayor KO TKO round one. He gets the club and sub. I was devastated. This this was a tough one to swallow. I mean, I go for these plus money ones, and it, it seems like they they come this close to hitting almost every time. Uh, this one, again, did not hit. Uh, it hurts, but but we move on. Still found a way to have a successful weekend. Go two and zero on the parlay. So after UFC Paris, after UFC Singapore, the time away. Don't look now, boys. Don't look now. We are That's knocking. Exciting. Knocking on the door of the green, the closest we have wow. been, minus 0.07 units. Pretty much pretty much any winning week this weekend gets us back into the green for 2023. Fingers crossed. Winning weeks, eight of the last nine weeks. Hopefully we can keep it going here at UFC Australia. 77 uh, all-time. Knock on wood that we can keep it going. Um, and let's dive in. Let's dive into the picks that hopefully get us there, hopefully keep us going. Uh, I will start. The man is in his home country. Jack Jenkins, I will take him to get it done. Chepe Mariscal, very impressive against Trevor Peak, but this is just a completely different matchup. I, I think Jack Jenkins is much more technical. Uh, I also just think he's a better mixed martial artist. I think he can win on the feet. I think he can mix in the wrestling. Uh, I think he has the advantages here, and I think he gets it done. Next up, the pleasure man. I wish I had a very long list of reasons why I was taking this. Uh, but one, my guy Clint McLean, I, I went on a show. He talked me into it. I took the pleasure man last week. Um, the biggest thing that I'm relying on, his toughness and his chin. I think he can survive the first round, and if he gets through that, I don't have a huge belief in Tyson Pedro's cardio, uh, and I think Anton Turkali can be relentless, and uh, I'm going to go with him to get his hand raised. Only, only Australian. I am going against. Next up, we were supposed to see this one just a few weeks ago at UFC Jacksonville. Unfortunately, uh, an eye poke early in the fight cost us, cost it for us. Uh, but I'm going right back to the well. Had it, had this this time. We'll have it again. The under one and a half. Uh, I mean, this is just a get or get got matchup. We saw how they came out uh, at UFC Jacksonville. They they were swinging. They were throwing the lunch boxes around. Uh, and if you just look at the statistics, neither of them have ever won by any way other than knockout. Even if you go back to their amateur careers, six combined there. 
uh, all by knockout as well as their entire professional careers. And then just looking at the numbers, Austin Lane, 13 of his 15 fights, finished under the 1.5, 12 in the first round. Uh, he has also been KO'd three times in the first round. Justin Toffa, six of his nine under the 1.5, five ending in the first round. Uh, and this just, like I said, just feels like two heavyweights that are going to get it in there, throw them. And someone is going to fall. Next up, Manel Cobb taking him inside the distance here. Just a tough, tough ass for Felipe Dos Santos. I mean, he's got seven professional fights, one being an LFA, everything else on on the lower-level regional scene. He's only 22 years old. Now he's getting asked to fly across the world on short notice to take on an absolute killer in Manel Cop. I, I think he's just going to be more experienced, more prepared for this fight, and just be, better wherever it goes. Plus, he's just so violent. 16 of his 18 wins have come via finish. And then Dos Santos, man, I mean, he's fighting out of shoot box. You know he is going to be game when he gets in there. Uh, I think this is a very fun fight, but I think Manel Cop is the one that gets this done. Really unlucky as of late for Manel uh, with opponents dropping out. So hopefully this one makes it to the octagon um, and hopefully he can get that much closer to a title shot. Very fun fighter. Going to the co-main event. I need it and I need it bad. We're in the home country of Australia. I'm going to take Tai Tuivasa by knockout in this one. Can you just imagine the scenes? Rick, can you imagine the scenes, man? We're in Sydney, Australia. Tai Tuivasa lands a big shot, puts Alexander Volkov out, gets up on the cage, and hits a shoey in front of the Australian crowd, the scenes. I mean, that's essentially what I'm taking this for. Love Tai Tuivasa. Love to watch him fight. Plus, if you go back and you look at his last two fights, man, Cyril Gaon, Sergei Pavlovich, both of those are incredibly tall orders. And I'm not saying that Volkov is not. But I don't know if Volkov is getting past Sirogan and, and Sergei Pavlovich. So uh, I'm not going to discount him too much. He's fighting in front of the home crowd. He's tough as tough comes. And, I mean, unless Volkov puts him out, he is always in danger of getting finished. I like this price tag. Kind of a buy low spot on Tuivasa. Love the lettuce that we're getting from Tuivasa this week as well. I mean, it's very New York Rick-esque. Uh, so I'm doing it. I'm taking Tuivasa by knockout. A couple of parlays, like you said, Rick. I feel like it is going to be in still, as well as Manel Cop comes Saturday night. Another one. We not only get the pleasure, man, we also get ladies' night in Carlos Olberg on this one. I'm going to take him to win and the Tafa lane fight to end by KO. And then one last parlay for you here. I'm going to take Nasrat. think it's a uh, good matchup against Landon Quinones. Uh, short notice for the the eliminated tough fighter, Israel Adesanya again. Then moving to next week, Raul Rosas Jr. I think he has a favorable matchup there. Oh, yeah. And uh, that is the picks. Wow. UFC 293. By the way, why do you put Rojas on the, uh, Rosas on the, uh, the parlay this week? Uh, I just feel he has a favorable matchup. But like, why not just save it for next week? Because I like the matchups this week as well. Okay. I'm all right with I, I play the long game over here. Yeah, no, no. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like all those three guys as parlay pieces, so figured I'd throw them in there. Plus, it always feels good, you know? Like, if, I, if, I, if these guys can make it to the next week, then it's like, man, I got Raul at minus 108 going into this week. It feels good. It feels like you already got a bet in the pocket. We got a uh, watch party this uh, Saturday? Oh, we've got a watch party, and we have a very... Oh. Very special guest joining us. Who's that? Biggest guest in Watch Party history. You're not announcing it yet? You don't have to. Uh, I mean, it's confirmed, I will say. Okay. He fights in the heavyweight division. 
Wow. In the UFC? I was going to say, Mark Hunt? No. Uh, wow. Okay. Has fought, he has fought a couple of, uh, of people on this card, and, and dare I say, living legend. Um, very excited to have him on the show on, on Saturday. You know who this is, Rick? Uh, I'm. I have inside info. So I yes, would love. I would love if it's John. Jones. Oh, Rick, you know, you know. I know. said John Jones. That'd be incredible. <laughs> no, we're saving John Jones for his in-studio appearance. He's going to watch the entire card. Yeah, with us. later uh, this month, John Jones with uh, old uh, Rick and Connor. Don't Jones in studio on. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're working on it. You know, fight week? effort, efforting, efforting, as they say in the industry. Um, all right. Well, I have to effort to get to uh, an airport, <laughs> so uh, that's it for us. Unless you guys have any uh, closing thoughts, no. Great show. Good to be back. Can't wait for Monday. Can't wait for Monday. What will we be talking about on Monday? We'll be talking about uh, and still Israel Adesanya or and new Sean Strickland. Holy smokes! What a world that would be. Whole middleweight division would be turned upside down, uh, and so we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. For now, though, we are out of time, Frank. You can hit our music. Wow. That's a new one. Wow. Frank, he's got to get to the airport, man. Yeah, what is going on? Is the music not playing? I mean, a couple of stumbles today. There's a lot of issues. A lot of issues. You know, you, you come back after a while. It's a little dusty around the house. Uh, but we, we, we forge on some great singing on today's show, right? Would you not say? I mean, Some of the best I've heard today. Yeah, I think so too. It was a good one. Good to be back. You know, felt the nerves this morning. Wasn't sure if I remembered how to ride the bike. Um, but in the end, I think we figured it out. It was uh, it was good. It was good to be back. It felt good. You know, out there a little bit. You're in the ether. Do people remember you? Do they not remember you? Do they want you back? Do they not want you back? Oh, my gosh. You know yourself. They want you back. They want you back. They want you back, Momo. I just want you back, Momo. You know that song? I do now. Yeah. In any event, uh, thank you very much to all our guests today. Uh, enjoyed the conversations. Check out Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA. I noticed the logo with the flying knee. That was pretty cool. That's this Friday on. Jorge Maravidal's YouTube channel and Facebook and all the other places. Uh, X as well, I think he said. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, good luck to Junior Dos Santos and Fabricio Verdum. Thank you very much to Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, what a character, what a guy, what a fighter, what a champion. Looking forward to his next fight. Will it be against Cheeto Vera? Thank you very much to Cheeto as well. Thank you to Platinum Mike Perry. Good luck to him. And of course, congratulations to the great Korean zombie on an incredible career. Thanks to them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Monday, same time and place. All right. Station. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. 
so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.